is on. <laughs> Welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode 192. My name is Matt. I'm here with my friend Ant, although friend may be a loose term following this fucking recording. Um, we're here to talk about... Well, I just about wanted some... five seconds of room noise. Oh, right, okay, no, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. So, um, we're here to talk about stuff, mostly media, right? Mm. Um, Ant is uh, recently... Well, I, I don't know if, if... Do you want me to tell people or do you want to tell them yourself? What? Ant recently uh, came out as a Scientologist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How's that going? Not great. <laughs> How much does it cost to become a Scientologist? I don't feel like you have to ask that for a lot of religions. My feetings are all over the Your place. Your are all over the place. So you got you got the buco bucks to I've get that too sort many feetings. All oh, right, Jesus. So they've got you for the premium package. I yeah? don't know what to do with them. You feel any better since you joined Scientology? I feel great. You feel great. Yeah. Did you feel great before? Nauseous and stuff, but. <laughs> Everything tastes like tin. Eyes hurt. Eyes hurt? Oh, is that because of the fetus? Yeah, I'm aware of my tongue. (laughs) You're aware of it? Yeah. As in the concept of a tongue or its presence? It's always there. It's always there. It is. It is. The tongue is truly the philosophical organ of the human body. Always there. But it's going to get better. All right. Well, fingers crossed. So when's your meeting with Tom Cruise? A few many more. Or have you got the John Travolta package? You You don't get to meet Tom Cruise until you've given... Like millions. Oh, okay. So you got the Kirsty Alley treatment? Maybe. No, okay. I don't think I'm in Kirsty Alley. I'm in the. I ain't got the money. I'm trying to think. Josh Gad? No, he's not a Scientologist, is he? Paul John Krauser? He might be one. Although I think Jason he's... Lee? Jason Lee? Is it Jason Lee? Jason Lee? Yeah. From My Name is Earl. Yeah, he's Him. a Scientologist. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And. Uh... Might join the Moonies instead. Yeah, or Quakers. Could join Do you the Quakers. Know... And Shinzo Abe got um, assassinated in Japan. Do you no. know how, like, when... It happened a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. It's big news. The former prime minister got assassinated. Yeah? Yeah. He got assassinated because the guy was... In Minecraft. <laughs> There's this whole thing where, like, a whole bunch of the ministers, including Shinzo Abe, have been taking money from the Moonies oh, okay. to, like, push certain policies that benefit religions and stuff. And as a result of him getting assassinated, they've actually... A shit ton of the politicians have resigned and they're actually doing something about... Getting rid of the oh wow, getting rid of the lobby. Yeah, what is um, what I'm just saying, right? When China is ahead of other <laughs> world, Japan, countries, Japan, Japan, like, Japan is in, in front of other countries. Yeah, some, but... sometimes assassinations work. You know, they often I'm, work. Just, That's the scary thing. Yeah, it's a good idea. They often work. Um, well, we've got all this sewage going. I on. think that um, what who can we assassinate? Someone was talking to me the other day, and they were saying that there's a Doctor Who species that like lives in what is essentially like a what toxic Doctor Who? what Doctor Who, like a species of alien oh. in Doctor Who that like Skeksis. No, the Skeksis are the um, bird bad guys people from... from Dark Crystal. Yeah, someone said that that John Jason uh, jo- that uh, Jacob Rees Mogg might be a Skeksis because they live in like a horror land. You know, like with all like the twisted. That's not buildings. Doctor Who. Yeah, sorry, I meant, dark, I meant crystal. dark Crystal. Yeah, very, yeah, of course you get them mixed up. Well, they both begin with D. Yeah. Like my dick! Well, the the land in Dark Crystal has been destroyed and the like. The life's been pulled out of it. Because of the Skeksis? Yeah, they just use the crystal to suck the life up. Jacob Rees Mugg might be a Skeksis. Transfer the life into themselves. Yeah, he might be a Skeksis. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so people aren't allowed to swim on the beaches in the UK anymore, guys. No, you can. Just at the risk of your health. Yeah, but I mean, you know, back when you're in our day, back in our day, 
they used to dump surge in there all the time. Everyone and used to have polio and you just grew yeah, up with it you and just you got, polio. Got, got on with it, you know? Yeah, yeah I so remember. If you like if you're an older person, older than us, like our parents and stuff like that. Yeah, in the sixties. They remember being incredibly sick from things and what they want is for their kids to also be incredibly sick. They from want things. us to go back to when we yeah. can get real, real Maybe it's time we brought back from Middlehide babies. You remember oh, yeah. when they had the little little yeah. arms? Yeah. Yeah, little arms they knowingly and stuff. caused a bunch of birth defects. Yeah, let's bring that back. You know, because there's an older generation that had it, so why shouldn't we? Good point. Good point. And another world war. That'll do us some good. Maybe we should have two world wars and one world cup. All in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. England are not in the world cup because the boys are out fighting on the beaches. We'll have to make a girls' football team. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh God! Um, yeah, forget Tom. Who, who's the British Tom Hanks? Is there a British Tom Hanks? I guess Hugh Grant. Tom Hiddleston. No, he's too. He's too charming, isn't well, he? Well, that's that's the whole thing about Tom Hanks is he's charming. No, Tom Hanks is like um, nice America's dad. Yeah, yeah. And Cole Hugh Grant's that sort of thing. Hugh Cole Meany's Island's drunk. Oh. Brian Cox. Brian Cox. He's grumpy. Oh. Uh... We don't want the guy who played... We don't want John R- Gris Smith or whatever his name is, the racist go, one. We've got to go through all those things. We're going to have with Craig Fairbrass. What happened to... Which one was Which one was the chubby one from Hell and Pace? <laughs> with the moustache? Uh, Gareth Hale and Norman Pace. Norman Pace, I think, had the, was the moustache one. Yeah, Norman Pace. They're both dead, aren't they? Are they? One of no. them's dead. No. Yeah, one of them's definitely dead. Hale and Pace are not dead. They the can't. dad from 2.4 Children's Dead. You might be thinking of that. <gasps> Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. He could be yeah. One sec. Hail and Pace. Are they still alive? I'm sure one of them's dead. I don't think they are. We've only got one of Cannon and Bull left, haven't we? Who? Cannon and Bull. Bobby, Bobby Bull and Jimmy Cannon? Ask your parents. What are you doing now? No, Hale and Pace are still alive. They're still on TV. They um, what? No, they're not. They appeared in the Christmas special of the uh, show Extras. In how many years ago was that? Two thousand seven. And then they appeared in several episodes of the twenty eighteen season of Benadorm. Oh God. Was Benadorm? Benadorm's still on. What is it? Benadorm. It was that sick that show about all the um, people going on a holiday in Benadorm. Oh yeah. Johnny Vegas was in it for a little while, wasn't he? Uh, I think not the early series. Anyway, what are you going on about? We well, said Hale and Pace weren't working anymore, and I just proved you wrong. What? I don't fucking care. Why are you going on about Hale and Paste? It's Hale and Pace. I'll have you know, not Paste, mate. The fucking cast for Benadorm has its own Wikipedia page. There's a lot of people. The... Yeah, it's uh, this is fucking horrifying. Yeah, everyone's in Benadorm. Why aren't you in Benadorm? So I don't want to go to Ben. Oh yeah, Johnny Vegas is in it for a couple of seasons. Season yeah, yeah. one through three, and they came back for seven, eight. I think he was one nine. of the ones who wrote the original show. Really? Yeah. No, I like Johnny Vegas. Good lad. He's friends with uh, Russell Crowe. They both like a drink. Yeah, they do. Yeah, he called him up. There was an episode of The Last Leg, and Johnny Vegas was on there, and he goes, and he goes, so how do you become friends with Russell Crowe? And he goes, he goes, this is a really interesting story. I didn't know Russell Crowe knew who I was until I tweeted. And then he responded, and we've been chatting ever since, and then there's like, we've got a special message from Russell Crowe for you. <laughs> and it's just fat-bearded Russell Crowe in Australia. It was quite sweet. 
Yeah, apparently they are actually mates. Like Russell Crowe was donating. You know when uh, COVID happened, Johnny Davis yeah. was going around delivering food packages to people. Apparently Russell Crowe threw a bunch of money towards that. Yeah, yeah. good guy. Did Johnny eat the food? Oh, a fat joke. Man. Yeah. This is this podcast is better than that. Oh. We can joke about religion. We can joke about politics. We can't joke about weight. Dead babies? Yeah, go for it. Oh, something. Oh, yeah. well, I think something. The only thing worse than a dead baby is a baby on an airplane. Why? It's make a lot of noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> dead baby doesn't make a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're trapped on a plane. It's a bit sad at first, but eventually the silence is quite nice. Okay. Is that what you're going with? <laughs> the Sandman has broken my brain. There's an episode of the Sandman where they're, they're just going around and people are dying and death is essentially just that presence at the end of their lives. And it cuts to different people through different stages of their life. And it cuts to a woman putting a baby in a crib. And I was like, oh, they're going to kill the mum. <laughs> and then she's like, goes and picks up the baby. Yeah. And she goes, sorry, baby. That's all the life you get. And I was like, what? The baby talks in the comic. Does it? Yeah, the baby talks. Oh, shit. It says, is that all I get? And she's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Afraid so. Yeah. Also, there's a guy who dies after chasing his footwear into the road. And he comes over to death and he's like, he's like, oh, you again. How you doing? And he's holding the football. No one else gets to take a thing with them. So does the football have a soul? Yeah. It's Wilson. <laughs> it blew my mind because he runs over. He's like, he's like, oh, I love. And I'm like, hey, wait a second. Anyway, and you're first this week. You're going to review some stuff. Oh, uh, some stuff got delayed. Let me ask your opinion on this. No. Are you going to get that Harry Potter game? No. No? Not a fan? Fuck no. Do you reckon that they'll add, they'll add in uh, gender fluid pronouns just to piss off old... Uh, old... Uh, oh, they'll they'll do everything they can and it'll be really shoddily done. Oh, yeah. It'll be a bad game still. They'll do everything they can to try and make it sound inclusive and stuff. I still find it so funny that she's... I hope like, they include a mini game where you have to um, make your shit invisible. <laughs> That's, that's what I was about to bring up. She's the fucking worst human being in the world for, like, trans issues. But also, there was a bunch of people on Twitter the other day going, you can't rewrite Harry Potter without J.K. Rowling. She's so important. I was like, she's been rewriting her own fucking books for years. Mm. <laughs> Dumbledore's gay now. <laughs> it's like, okay. They don't shit. They make it go away somewhere. No, they shit and place. they just make it disappear. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't. They don't teleport it somewhere. They just make it invisible. So Jesus. everyone everyone at Hogwarts is walking around. Have you, also, have you seen the map? Where she's like... shits. Have you seen the map that she... like? They, you know she named some of the other schools around the world? Hmm. She, there's like four schools in Asia. They're just called Asia 1. Because <laughs> she doesn't name them. She even names like the... the well, she the learned Mexican her lesson one. off the Cho Chang when <laughs> people are like... And she, Seamus? Seamus the, the thief? Like that was his, that was her thing. Is that she had a yeah? Because Irish people can't be trusted. We all and he exploded a bunch, didn't he? In the books, he kept blowing things up. Oh. <laughs> Fucking dumb cunt. Oh. She's an awful human being. She's a little bit racist. She's super racist and super transphobic. A little bit, a little bit colonial. I do like the fact that there's a bunch of like cafes in Scotland that used to have signs that said. J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter here. Some of them are lying because obviously it was a family's cafe where she wrote. Harry Potter, just in case anyone's wondering. Um, but um, no, she wrote it on Fiverr. 
you pay people to write a couple of <laughs> sentences. It's like it's it's all written by a bunch of like random African dudes. <laughs> it's not just African dudes on Fiverr. There's a lot of people in Africa on Fiverr. You gotta make money somehow. I know that Africa's a massive continent, but there's just general areas of poverty like I don't think there's people in Chad, a war-torn nation, that are, are doing a lot of work on Fiverr, but some They might be. They might be. Might be. You never know. <coughs> anyway. Fucking Anne. Chad. And it's your first review this week. So do you want, do you want to just... T- oh, yeah. So Harry Potter got delayed. That's what I was going to say. I don't give a shit. Do you not? No. No? You're not a big fan of Harry Potter? No. Why not? Because it's Harry Potter. What's wrong with Harry Potter? I wasn't a child in the early 2000s. I was, and I can tell you, I read those books once, and uh, I worked on one of the games. It's right there. And that's when J.K. Rowling became transphobic, because Ant worked on one of the games. Yeah. <laughs> there was a gender, it's a gender option to create a character, and he was like, J.K. Create a character in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's just Gears of War, isn't it, that one? No. Isn't it a cover no, shooter? No, you just walk around, and you do a bit of... Which one's the one that's a cover shooter? Definitely Hallows, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yep. it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. He did some really shoddy Quidditch game, which was like Superman 64 flying through hoops, and then... Oh, what? You did some potions. Did anyone you... ever complete Superman did you? 64? I'm sure people did. How? You fly through the hoops. Why would you do that to yourself? Anyway, Anne, your review, go. You wasted 14 minutes on your bullshit. I spoke about some stuff. Jesus. Are you shitting yourself? Maybe. God's sake. Come on, get on with your review. Right. Uh, time filler special. Yeah. Um, I finally got around to watching my 4K Akira Blu-ray. Oh, how's that gone? My second 4K Akira Blu-ray. Yeah, because you wanted to get the yeah. special edition. Yeah, I got the special edition, which comes with a book with interviews and behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, cool. And a bonus features DVD that wasn't in my original one. The original one just had the film on Blu-ray and 4K. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's Akira. You know the film that came out in 1988 and yeah, beautiful hand-drawn anime. Yeah, they weren't computer generating them back then. There's some computer effects in the film. There are some computer effects in the film. Yes, yeah, very early computer effects. Mm. Um, But Akira, it's a story. (laughs) There was a big event. Some big explosion went off. Everyone thought the Japanese had nuked themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was a psychic thing. They managed to hide that from the world. Um, and there's a there was a World War Three, and this is set after that. And there's Tetsuo, and he meets a little boy. He sort of crashes his bike into a little boy. Yeah, he meets Tetsuo and it, the Iron Man. It sets off his development as a psychic, super powered yes. person um, because of the close. Because if they bump into one of the others, it amplifies the, it. Yeah, can, it can kick it off. Also, the drugs. And then Canada makes a series of attempts to rescue Tetsuo, and Tetsuo doesn't want to be rescued because he's a little shit now. And then they turns into a big monster thing. It's Akira. That's about the film, isn't it? It's pretty much um, yeah. There's like it's, it's surprising you. you watch it back now, and there's like there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's a lot of texture and a lot of like build, world building stuff going on. Things that make the flesh the world out the corrupt politicians and the religious people who worship Akira because they know of Akira. They're like, oh, this is set to be, and he's going to come back to us one day. And all this sort of stuff. Um, but, like, the actual plot itself is, like, you know, Tetsuo gets put in a hospital. All the kids, are like, this biker gang are like, where did he go? 
and then he gets out and he's like, come back to us. And then he gets captured again. And then they go, we're going to rescue him. He joins the underground movement to get the kids out of there. And that's that's like it. That's all there is to it. It's not a, lot, not a ton to it. No, it's not. I mean... Yeah. Canada's really in it because he wants to sort of get his buddy back. And he thinks Kay is cute, the girl that he uh, meets. He's part of the underground gang. Yeah. Um. And yeah, she has a little arc thing going on because she's... Yeah, she thinks Conduit she's the, for the, she, for she the thinks she's girls. The, the protagonist, but in, in actuality, she, no, she doesn't. She just she's there. She wants to do her own thing. She's trying to help her resistance. And he's trying to get Kissy free the kids. Her. But um, I read every every entry in Akira the uh, manga. Did you know? I did. Yeah, I did. I read all of the manga, and uh, I'll tell you what, that story gets weird. There, yeah. it, it's pretty much the same. Except for there's like a large chunk that happens after, um, sorry, there's like a weird chunk that happens, you know, at the end where the time dilation starts happening, it all gets a bit odd. Um, basically there are like pocket dimensions appearing all over where the Akira event is happening. And well, that's like, not the Akira event at the end of the film. No, 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 I know, I know, sorry, where the Akira event happened, <laughs> there's all these like pockets of energy and, uh, and... Canada falls into one and then reappears later on in time, like a few years later. And there's like gangs and stuff that have set up in like this again, even more post-apocalyptic environment. And uh, and that's where the final confrontation with Akira happens with Canada and Akira. That's fucking. Akira awesome. dies before the whole thing starts. No, sorry, Canada and uh, Tetsuo. God, yeah. you didn't read, you didn't pay attention. I think you read it backwards. No, I just you know just uh, I'm I'm a bit tired today, mate. I didn't yeah. eat a ton of jammy wagon wheels. I did too. Oh, you only ate two? Yeah. I'm going to save him. I've not got any food for the rest of the week, so I'm going to... Do you need money? Make him last. Well, when you do your rent, fucking... Five million quid rent. No. Fucking coward. Yeah, some money. You can't have all the money. But yeah, it's, it looks lovely on 4K. It's a really nice transfer. You haven't got it. I've watched it in 4K already. You fucking download, not the same. Uh, the file size would say different, but okay. Mm, yeah, okay. not the same. Okay. Not, not the same. Okay, okay. Watching your friggin' digital friggin' You watched copy. a digital copy. I watched the 4K Blu-ray. It's a digital copy still. No, it's all film. <laughs> you kicked up the projector. The friggin' the 4K. compression rate's better. It is, it is, it is. In your is. face. But it's still a lovely, lovely 4K transfer that I enjoyed as well when I watched, watched it digitally. No one can hear you. You're mumbling. Mark oh, right, Ant, for fuck's sake. Friggin... Should people watch Akira? If they've seen Akira, is there anything else you'd recommend they watch? Have you seen Memories? Memories, the... What's the... really similar to Akira? Memories. I know. Um, Rila Kuma and... What's her face? That one, yeah. What? Crayon Shin-chan. Watch, oh, uh, God. Watch... So the director... What's the, Doraemon? The director of this did do did do another... He did Steam Boy. Yeah, he did Steam Boy. Which but was there. Was right. In between Steam Boy and this, he did a short in the film Memories, which mm. is a anthology series. It's a free animated short. And his mm. short is about a bunch of people that, that is very similar. It's, it's all about technology and, and mysticism mixing. And, uh, is it and about memories? No, uh, not really. Not this. Uh, well, kind of. About ghosts. It's about up. ghosts. Oh. So <clears throat> it's about a group of junkers, people that find derelict spaceships and get them back to Earth to get money. They they go on the spaceships and they sort of like look around, see if there's anything of value that they want to keep, and then they just basically take it back to Earth. They find one ship that is 
filled with ghosts. And the, the people that are on there keep seeing this, this vast, rich society that lived in this, like, artificial environment. Um, and it turns out that the whole thing is just haunted and they're trying to keep people trapped there. Like 13 ghosts. A bit like 13 ghosts, but in space. Before 13 ghosts, this was long before How many ghosts years. are in that film? In 13 ghosts? Yeah. There's actually 14. Oh. Because Matthew Lillard comes back. Because ah. you remember that there's 13 for the ritual. At the end, Matthew Lillard comes back as a ghost to but save like, the Loads family. of people died on that boat. There should be... On Ghost Ship... Oh, ghost ship, I'm thinking. You're thinking of ghost ship. Um, like, a hundred and something odd people die in ghost ship? Yeah. With the wire. Yeah. The wire kills them. How many ghosts are in that? Over a hundred. Oh. Well, it's actually only one real ghost. It's a little girl. Mm. And then there's one guy who's a demon. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Because you know the guy that changes his face is a demon? Yeah. I'm afraid of multiple ghosts. Oh, okay. Have you seen Deep Rising? Possibly. That's not a ghost, that's a squiddly diddly. Oh. Treat Williams fights him. Oh. It's directed by the guy who directed The Mummy, Stephen Sommers. Director of G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. Sam K. Hansen's in it. Oh, I like her. Yeah, in a very early role. It's actually a really fun action She was film. in Star Trek before yeah. that. Uh, Cliff Curtis, is Cliff Curtis his name, the Samoa actor? I don't know. Uh, he's in it. And also the guy who played Kano's in it. You remember oh, Kano from yeah, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Kano, bitch! Yeah, he's in Parts of the Caribbean. Original Kano. Yeah, he is. He's in the first part oh, of the Caribbean cool. film. Before he died. For like two seconds. Yeah, before he died. Yeah, yeah, something falls on him. No, he died in real life. Oh, did he's he? dead in real life. Yeah. Nah, he's not. Yeah, he is. Nah, he's not. Yes, he's he fine. is. Anyway, so, uh, so is there anything else that you recommend people watch who, who enjoy this? Well, Akira? Yeah. Yeah. Like, genuinely, is there anything that you recommend? Because Akira's kind of one of those things that everyone's seen. It's like such a big... Doesn't matter nowadays, does it? Because no. all people watching anime is serialised friggin... Oh yeah, Shojin, uh, Shojin Jump stuff. Shonen. Shonen Jumps. So they all they watch is fucking your Naruto's and all your long running series stuff. No one watches the cool films unless it's like a Demon Slayer film or a Dragon Ball oh, Super Demon film. So good though. Yeah, no, don't watch enough. I mean, I suppose they watch those. Um, who's that one that did your name? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, they watch those films. Yeah. What's their new film? Thingy's locking up. Suzume's yeah. stocking up. Um, 41 he was he died at his name was uh, Trevor Goddard oh. he was English oh. should we see where he came from he might have come from close to us loads of people always born sorry Croydon hey mate who came from Wokeham who Gary Daniels <gasps> the Gary Daniels yeah. from uh, from Fist of the North Star yeah. that famous Gary yeah. Daniels first first westerner to be on Jackie Chan's stunt team I mean he's the one that Jackie Chan's getting frustrated with because he can't get the stunts right <laughs> In that video, you know, always like, yeah. and every now and again, when you watch him, he'll get replaced with um, an Asian guy. I do like it happens a lot in Jackie Chan films. Speaking of stunts, you know, Stuntman Reacts, hmm. where they're talking about was it Scott Adkins was talking about his fight with uh, Donnie Yen, yeah. And Scott Adkins go, Adkin goes, um, you can get 200 pounds, 200 dollars a day for being a stuntman, but what will happen is Donnie Yen will come to you, and go, I'll throw you an extra couple. Just let me hit you for real, so we can catch it on screen. Yeah, because I do get the I do get the feeling from some of Donnie Yen's fights that people have taken him up on that offer. I'll, I'll get hit. Yeah, I take it. Yeah. you're only gonna get hit once by Donnie Yen. I'll just keep asleep. getting back up and being you like, might oh, go no. to sleep. Another one. <laughs> your jaws hanging off your face. You're like, yeah, another one. Want more money? Um, what was the what was the Donnie Yen film I saw where he rams a guy into a cooker? He runs all the way down a hill. Breakout. Breakpoint. 
He it, it basically there's somebody who blows up a cop's birthday party, and Donnie Yen sees the guy <laughs> escaping. Do that. Fucking <laughs> hilarious. Donnie Yen sees the guy and he starts chasing after him, and he's full pelting it down this road, and the guy turns into a market. Like, he turns, turns into a turns market. Towards a market. He fucking transforms Sorry. into a market. He, he turns towards a market. Oh, okay. And then grabs a little girl, holds her upside down, and Donnie Yen's like, I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, I can't shoot around the little girl. And so the, the serial killer dude throws the little girl into a car that's going past. And Donnie Yen looks and she's just on the floor dead. And he's like, oh. and then he starts chasing after him again. And he rams him into this cooker that's set up in like this, this market stall. Yeah. And Donnie Yen is mercilessly beating the shit out of this guy. So much. a little girl into traffic. <laughs> He's massively beating the shit out of this guy. And every so often, the cooker is being pushed back by the force of Donnie Yen trying to shift his weight forward on this guy so he can keep hitting him. Mm. And so he's just, he's at one point just punching this guy in the face and then punching the cooker back. And I was just mm. like, that guy's dead. Yeah. Just remember that Simpsons meme, you know? He's dead already. Donnie Yen. Alright. Why is he. You talk about martial arts, you talk about Gary Daniels. I was talking about Kira. Now I was talking about Sky Adkins. You were talking about Gary Daniels. You brought up Gary Daniels. I don't even know who he is. He's Woken's own Gary Daniels. Oh, Gary Daniels from Fist of the North Star. Yeah. And that film I watched where he was a rage man. Maybe, I don't know. He did like a bunch of 90s action films and I started downloading them and watching them at some point and one of them was about him having a rage disease. Is he had a rager. Yeah, he's a raging hard on. He broke into someone's house and she was like a kinky sex worker who was like a, a dominatrix lady. Oh. And he got whipped by her. Must have been like, fun for him. Yeah, he's like, I'm not into that. I'm like, yeah, you are. You're Gary Daniels. Hmm. Yeah, Gary Daniels. How is he not in an Expendables? You're going to get wiped out by the... Um, How is he not in an Expendables? He is in Expendables. Which one? He's in the first one. <gasps> what? Yeah, he's um one of the sergeant, one of the bad guys... M- goons Gary Jason Statham fights him yeah really yeah that's cool I might watch that now yeah I'm sure he's in the first one I'm going to try and find out alright um, is that your review then Ed? yeah I guess fine yeah you know whatever you're talking about Gary Daniels alright my first Gary. review is um, I'm going to review The Sandman oh you review Sandman that's what you're going to start with yeah so I watched Sandman the Netflix series and yeah. if you can't tell from mine and Ed's interaction earlier I've never read The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. I have, however. I'm pretty sure it was it Neil Gaiman who had a run on Animal Man. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Fucking no, no. What, what the fuck I've never read Sandman. Um, yeah. I probably don't don't think I will read Sandman at, at any point because it's just like an anthology series of comics about the endless, isn't it? Yeah, it's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's a series of stories. Anyway, The Sandman, like, the TV show. Tend to be. There you go, Expendables. His, his character's called The Brit. He was in that Tekken movie as well, wasn't he? What? He was Brian Fury in the Tekken movie. No! Yeah, the two, that one from that 2010. Him. Yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch that now. Oh, Gary Daniels. He doesn't have robot arms in that film. Nah. He's got robot bits in the game. No, he's a zombie guy, isn't he? No, he's got robot bits. I can't remember. Fucking Tekken's nonsense. Brian Fury! Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about Sandman. So, Sandman is a series about a group of, a group of entities called The Endless... And all of the entities are essentially um, living embodiments of different aspects of humanity and, and the existence. In existence, I should say. In particular, death and dream are two who are, who are prominent in the series. So um, there's also desire and something else. There's remember. loads of them. There are loads of them. 
Anyway, I'm, I'm only going to talk about two episodes because fuck you all. I don't conform. Yes, because that's all you've watched, is it? No, I've watched 11 episodes. Have you? <laughs> There's two episodes in particular that I enjoyed that I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to talk about them. Okay? And... All right, firstly, there is the intro to Sandman, the first episode. It sets up an incredibly intriguing mystery, Mm. which in actuality just ends up sort of being uh, a reason for some stuff to happen. Yeah, sort of Sandman's... That's what stories are generally. It's usually usually a reason for some things to happen. But in his absence, there is a reason for this stuff to happen. So, So it's not like the actions of our main character are the cause of these things. It is simply that... You know um, that his absence has caused these things to happen, um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. The first episode opens up as an intriguing mystery. They intend to capture Death and hold Death ransom so that they can get immortality, but they accidentally capture Dream. Oh, they dumbass. steal the gifts of Dream, and that um, sets about some some events, including some involving David Foolis talking about Harry Potter, Lupin, Professor Lupin from from. Death, not death, war from Wonder Woman. Oh, I am. David Foolis. Yeah. Um, he's, he's in it. He's a very interesting character. Uh, but yeah, like, and Garrett Hedlund is in it. Do you remember Garrett Hedlund? He played, uh, he was like the bad guy from Logan with robot hands. All right. Like, hey there, Logan. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. Yeah. He was, he was also, uh, the main character in Predators. Do you remember Predators? Oh, yeah. In this, he has no eyes. That was bad. That was a bad movie. Yeah, it wasn't. More. More on bad movies later. Um, so anyway, so, uh, so you're a moron. Bad, painful, more on bad painful, movies. Painful. So Charles Dance is the leader of this cult that have, that have um, that have captured Dream, and they hold him ransom for many years, um, increasing their like using his gifts to increase their life. So it's things like there's a jewel, there's a mask, there's a cape, um, and there's a bag of sand, and they use these things to to increase their longevity. Whilst also um, trying to find out more about Dream himself, and then Garrett Headland, who is a a character that was created in someone's nightmare, has escaped into the real world and started killing and being a horrible man. And he gives Charles Dance some of the information needed to keep keep Dream. Why is Charles trapped. Dance always involved with a bunch of weirdos in his? Films? I don't know, but if you watch if you watch uh, Last Action Hero, he is the only person to know what's going on in that movie. And I love it. He's so good in that movie. Yeah, I like Charles Dance. He's all right. He's... That scene where he's where where Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, it's the kid, isn't it? Who's the kid's? What's the kid's name? I don't know. Austin, something or the other. Some shitbag kid. Where the kid goes, if you touch one hair on her head, oh, and then Charles Dance silences him with just a ge- just a gesture towards him, and he goes over and he plucks one hair out of her head. Delicately wraps it around her feet, his fingers, and then just breaks it in front of the kid, and then that's it. That's all he needs to do in a scene. It's great. It's great. Anyway, so Sandman, that that first episode, great, opens it up. It does lose a bit of that momentum as soon as like that first episode's over. But there is another episode talking about death and dream. They're having conversations about people and mm-hmm. how dream is lonely because dream doesn't really interact with those around him. He doesn't interact with people. He doesn't spend time with them whereas Death does her best to in, you know usher them into the next next phase of their existence so Death the end of their existence I should say um, so Dream is having a conversation with her and she basically takes him on her rounds so she takes him to see these different people that are dying and like they usher them on 
Um, and Dream encounters someone in a pub who is like a blackguard who's like going like, I refuse, I have decided I will not die. I just, that's it. I've just decided I'm not going to die. And then Dream makes a wager with death and says, fine, there you go. Let's uh, make him immortal. Death will not touch him. Death will not come for him. Which make him immortal. He's just going to stay the same age. And the episode you see over hundreds of years, every hundred years, they meet in the same pub mm. and they chat. And, uh, and it's just fucking magnificent. Cause it's just these little, you're just getting little tiny insights into this, this person who has been either cursed or gifted. And at the various stages, they are, they are top of the world, the lowest they could possibly be. But each time he is asked, do you, are you ready to die? He says, what do you mean am I ready to, I've got so much to live for still. Like he comes in like, dude, just completely broken hair down to his shoulders. Like he's sick. Should got a haircut. Not sick, but he's like mentally unwell. He's seen the death of his partner. His children have died. You know, everything's just gone wrong in his life. He's penniless. He's fled a village because they think he's a witch because he, he doesn't age. And he was hung but didn't die, so he was hung you for days. You gotta move around. And he was drowned. Oh, yeah, he does say that. He said, I got complacent. Yeah, you gotta um, move around, man. And, and, and Death asks him, uh, sorry, Dream asks him during the, the lowest moment of his life, he says, Are you ready to die? And he goes, oh, Ready to die? I've got so much to live for. And you get the idea that it's, it's almost like he's tinged it with humor, but at the same time, he genuinely still doesn't want to die mm. and continues on. And it's such a, a really nice, Way of showing this friendship build, and then the final scene, they're like, they see each other again. It's really good. Really fucking good. Guys, there is great storytelling in Sandman. I just found that. So, those are the only two episodes you watched properly because you were paying attention. I watched so much of this. (laughs) She weren't paying attention to it. It's very similar to another series we're going to talk about that I think you're going to have a very different opinion. All right. (laughs) But yeah, like. uh, I didn't watch Sandman. I can't. No, no, I know you you didn't. Because you can't watch things if they've not got subtitles. They fucking. It doesn't even go into his ECW career, so. No, it doesn't, no. No, no, it doesn't. Or his uh, short, short hangout with The uh, Undertaker. What? Um, is that a wrestler? Sandman is, yeah, but he never interacted with The Undertaker ever. Goldberg? Goldberg. No, Sandman. Ray Mysterio? No. No, Ray Mysterio's not in Sandman. Okay, all right. No, anyway, uh, Sandman. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are people out here that love this shit. Uh, I'm just not one of them. Not for me, but I enjoyed some of the episodes. A lot of it is just, a lot of it is flittering conversations about, we've got to go and find the power again. It's like, oh, okay. I found the power. Mm. Let's go find some more power. Okay. There's, uh, there's Asim Chowdhury. And um Don't know that is. Asim is a comedian. Oh. And there's uh, another guy from Do you remember Goodness Gracious Me? Yeah. The dad. Not the older guy, the middle aged dad, the oh. the patriarch of the family. He's been in so much stuff in the UK, I cannot remember oh. his name. But anyway, him and Asim Chowdhury are two the old um Sanjeev Koko. Maybe, yes, yes, maybe. Uh, but those two guys play like um record keepers and they've got a griffin. And the griffin is a creature born of someone's they nightmares. Got, they got any rush or no? Yes, um, and it's a creature born of someone's nightmares. That they've kept as a friend, and and Dream goes and asks the creature if he can have his powers back that were used to create Sanjeev Bakshir. There you go, him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, 
they go. They. I love to Mira Sial. She was cool. He he captures the essence of this creature that's born in a dream, and then and then um, uses that to sort of regain some of his power. And then later in the episode, you see him deliver them an egg. The the an egg. An egg. Fuck yeah. An egg. I like which eggs. Is, which is a new griffin. Yeah. Which oh. hatches, and they then get to name it and graze it. But it's like they 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 talk about how he doesn't care. Oh, Mira Sial's in an episode of Sandman. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they do discuss how like he seems to be distant, doesn't care, and they're talking about rebellion and so on and so forth. But it's Cain and Abel they play. Cain and Abel. Now Cain interacts with the Undertaker a lot. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Brother of the Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. Half and also brother. Governor half brother, now. Half brother. Came back from the dead, didn't he? No, he got burnt and he um oh, wore the mask, child. but he didn't really have any scars. He just psychological psychological damage psychological scarring can be worse yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah the Sandman fine it's fine pretty good pretty good really good production I'll say that and cast seemed really good um, just just not for me a bit too meandering the episodes where it did catch me were the ones where there was a lot going on and you brought in a lot more characters it seemed like it was like part of the wider universe but when it's just the smaller conversations happening and the episode is a lot of like small contained areas and people just chatting just didn't hold me as much as the sort of the more kinetic episodes where you really get to see that budget. It's because you need it all spelled out for you, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I need, Ant. I need mm. someone to spell it out for me. Because you were on the internet earlier complaining about how um, Hulk didn't just stop the Jeep when um, so when She-Hulk was driving it. We didn't quickly talk about And how he could, like, punch... He can punch that big snake worm <laughs> thing, but he couldn't, he couldn't stop a Jeep. Now we're going to talk about this, right? We're going to talk about the Hulk. Um, She-Hulk. Yeah. A lot of people don't seem to understand that Bruce Banner, Bruce's Hulk personality is one of several personalities born from his trauma as a child. He has DID, Dissociative Dis... That's Moon Knight. Yeah, so does, so does the Hulk. Uh, it's not in the in the, not in the films. No, but it is in the films. In the oh, Eric yeah. Banner film, they cover it, and in the Incredible Hulk, they cover it. He has DID. He has dissociative identity disorder, which He's is why the Hulk is a personality. CK. That's why the Hulk's a personality, and uh, I know that I know that people know this. Because that doesn't matter though. But he should have punched the Jeep really the hard and stopped it. Same pricks that are complaining it. about the fact that She Hulk has full control of her powers and the Hulk doesn't. The same fucking idiots who are complaining about that. Every year, come out and say, "When are we gonna get Mister Fix It? When are we gonna get Maestro?" And they don't fucking think. Oh wait, those are multiple personalities of the Hulk. Mister Fix It sucks. He does. Um, Joe Fix It. They're all name, Joe it? Fix It. Yeah, they're all fucking terrible. They are. They should just the be only, Hulk. The only good one is the Immortal and Hulk, Hulk. that talks a little bit. That's... The, the Immortal Hulk is incredible mm. because he's just a werewolf. He just mm. comes out at night. That's the only thing. Mm. And also, if you chop him up, and he. Like the next day, he'll heal. He not Even if you chop him up, he'll heal back together. Mm. There's an episode specifically where someone's chopped up Bruce Banner and put him in containers, and they're just like at, at midnight, at night when it goes when it goes dark. Sorry, the containers just become Hulk parts. Yeah, it's a really cool image. Yeah, um, but yeah, dumb as fuck. She Hulk is just 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 not got on any of his personality disorders, so she doesn't have to have like a weird anger demon. And then someone's like. But we didn't get savage She-Hulk. And it's like, yes, you did. Clearly in the episode, she loses control. Says she lost control and woke up in a place. Yeah. There were your savage She-Hulk. I don't care about that. No. I don't give a no, shit. they just want to be sexy. I just want to see um, Lady Ducor. Tatiana. Masalani. She's so cute. I remember her yeah. in Ginger Snaps 2. Do you remember that film? No. Never seen Ginger Snaps 2, Ginger no. Snaps Back? No. 
You never seen Ginger Snaps, Mike? Ginger Snaps, no, sir? No. The Canadian Horror Movie? You no. seen Ginger Snaps? No. Have <gasps> you not? No, I don't give a shit. What? Mm. You, you're a weirdo. You're mm. a weirdo. You're crazy. Mm. You're crazy, man. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give the Sandman, I give an Optimus Prime. What? <laughs> Optimus Prime's not an actor. He's just, you know, he's just there. What the Optimus fuck, Prime's man? just there. He's not just there. Yeah, people don't really care about Optimus Prime. He's just there. Fuck? Like, Bumblebee's the real fun guy. And, like, the other Transformers have more personality. It's just that people know Optimus. So just sort of, like, bland. Optimus Prime's everyone's favourite leader, no, Dad. No, he's, he's just bland, man. He's just bland. He's just there. You know? And, like, even the film knew. They were like, just kill him. Because they knew, like, he's just bland, man. Just bland. Get Rodimus. Rodimus? Rodimus Prime? Can't believe this. You know Rodimus? Optimus Prime slander. I know you don't know Transformers, so I have to explain this to you, but Rodimus Prime was the, was the Prime that took over from Optimus in the movie. Sorry, mother. <laughs> what did he call me? Is that a slur? He called me a slur and then he told me to get ready for the big guns. Oh, there we go. That's Sorry, my bad. Oh. Is that meant to go on there? Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm going to give it an Optimus Prime right down the middle, you know? Not the most interesting. Not even as interesting as his villain. Fucking racist. You know? Like, there are so many other Transformers. I don't know if you know about um, Steve from Accounting. <laughs> I've got Steve from Accounting. Yeah, you do, yeah. Yeah. You're a viewer. I had a Heinrad in my hand last week. Who? He turns into a tanuki. A raccoon? Yeah, like a tanuki oh. with his balls out. Yeah. And he's got like a sake bottle. Your review, and Ant. a box of notes. I went to TF Nation. <laughs> so for anyone who's not a furry, TF stands for transform. <laughs> the it's furries. A, it's Yeah, it's for furries. So it's for furries specifically the game to the transformation There wasn't part. any furries at TF Nation. It was a Transformers convention. No, it was There was a girl walking around who had like a robot face though. She had like a big old mask with LEDs on it and shit. So TF, she looked like something out of Destiny. TF is a transform fetish. So trans, TF Nation is a big Transformers convention. Normally held once a year, but there hasn't been one for the last few years because, you know, there's been a big pandemic on. We're starting a new one soon. We're getting the monkeypox going. We're going to bring polio back, everyone. P.O. Polio, E. coli, bringing it all back. Um, but anyway, Transformers Nation, big convention. We're going to die. Um, it's at the Metropole Hotel in Birmingham. Just, just right next to the NEC. You know where the NEC? It's where they used to film Gladiators. Do you remember that? Oh, God, I don't want to click DeviantArt, oh, mm. but I'm going to. Right, so there's a big old... It's a couple of halls. There's like oh, a big that's, hall. that's far more. There's a big hall that's just for selling toys and Transformers, which is where you'll spend most of your time at TF Nation. And there's another hall where you'd have um, panels and stuff. And they do all sorts of panels over the weekend. Triple Takeover did their podcast live there for one episode. Um, there was a big thing with Chris McFeely and a bunch of artists and stuff where they uncovered one of the early, um, ni- the nineteen eighty four script for Transformers the movie, yeah, which was written before the TV series had like fully aired the first season. They were like right on it, making a movie straight away. Um, it's batshit insane script, but they went through the whole thing, like what was you know the characters that were going to be and what story was going to be. There's a lot of Nazi stuff in it. What are you looking at now? <laughs> Is that Animorphs or some shit? No, it's the DeviantArt page for no. TF. No. 
Anyway, so big convention. When you when you get a ticket for it, yeah, your autographs. As long as you bring something your own, they'll sign it for free. Yeah, which is nice. They've got guests there. You've got Gary Chalk who does the voice of Optimus Prime is there. Um, you had Nick Roche, who's like a artist for um, IDW. He's been doing well a bunch of comics. He's doing Last Boss Stand. Techno fetishism is the name for Transformers. Oh, is, it? is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's a big event. I went there. They had like a bunch of you know the sellers who are like the big companies like in demand and all that sort of stuff that you know they have an online store. Would be in demand. Yeah, then Kapow and all that sort of stuff. They were doing mostly like the newer toys and the third party figures and things like that. Kapow had a surprisingly small table considering they're one of the main Transformer toy ones. The real stars of the show, as far as tables go, was was Toy Fu. Who? Toy Fu. It's run by a guy called Nick. Okay. He's a he's a very skinny guy. He needs to eat a sandwich. I'm a bit worried about him. He's a bit too skinny. Um, what is it with you and weight today? You're really picking on people. Toy Fu, they collect uh, up Transformer figures. They get donations. They buy figures up and stuff like that. And they sell them on for charity. Yeah. To um, support Mary's Meals. Who? Good for them. Mary's Meals is a charity. Kids today don't know your Mother's milk. Mary's Meals. So I brought most figures from that table that okay. I got. Because um, they, had, they had the fucking gold. They had like... They had... Leader class bulkhead from Transformers Animated. Class bulkhead? 25 quid. How much was he originally? Like 50 quid. Oh, really? That's yeah. good. Freaking, good saving. Um, you gotta do the flip. I went in with the intention of like um, getting the rest of the fire cons I needed. Oh, okay. The little ones with the sparks on them. Because I needed two more. So I got them. The limited edition yeah, fire found them. figures. Fire cons. Um, I wanted to get some more, two more Combiner Wars ones so I could make my Combiner Wars Gestalt, which I've done. I've got Swindle and um, Blot. I thought you didn't. You say you were trying to get a, a Janet Street Porter figure as well. What is this nonsense? Non sequiturs. <laughs> um, I intended to get a Spy Changer, which were little Hot Wheels sized car oh, cool. transformers, and cool. I got one of them. That was cool. Like the series. What from from Fast and Furious? What? Shut up! Shut <laughs> up! I got some art by Gav Spence. Who? Who's uh, the guy who does TRDQ, the Transform Reviews Done Quick. Oh, yeah, that Scottish guy. Scottish guy with Repugnus. Yeah. I got, I took Wild Wheels hat with me and yeah. I got, got a photo of that on the Repugnus and then you from TRDQ. It I got it, I picked it up. Um, I did a giveaway. Yeah, you gave away. To a, a Wild Wheel figure. Yeah. That happened to be in the Entertainer in Burton the day before, so I was like, fucking grabbing that. That's fate. Yeah, I know. Um, and someone found me in like five minutes, a guy called Jay. Yeah, you did say that, um, that they found you at the hotel. They found me in no time. They just found me. Um, I got like a bunch of other figures. I got like some Armada ones, and I got a Sky Scorcher, which was like a little jet plane ones that was around in like '93. Yeah, um, they're really nice. They got like luminous canopies. Like, oh, cool! Because in the '90s, all the windows on the Transformers went like luminous lime green and stuff like that, and pink, which is cool. Who wants boring, clear, plain windows? You want oh, like exactly. bright green stuff. Um, I met Few from Few's Awesome Toy Reviews, and he knew I was. Which was a bit weird. Few. Few? Few's also... He's very, he's very well known in Transformers community. Oh, is he? Okay. I mean, I met one fan who was getting really nervous about wanting to meet Few. He said, I want to meet him. I want to say hi to him. I'm really a bit nervous. And I'm like, don't worry Aww. about it. Just say hi. It's fine. Who was that, Huey? Some guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's a little kid getting his photo taken with Few at one point. Oh. Um, little kids like him. Um, and I met Sixo and Maz from Triple Takeover. I didn't meet Liam. I saw Liam briefly. The three guys that present Triple Takeover podcast, but I you know, just didn't chat with Six O and Maz for a while. Um, but no, it was, it was good. 
It's a good convention. I'm thinking next year I might like do the weekend so yeah. I can get drunk in the bar and That's a good idea. And um yeah, well, that sort of stuff. Get I mean, obviously, by then, my, you know, I'll be a world famous um, Twitter personality. Yeah. For Transformers. I'm already, obviously, very famous. People want a selfie with me. Someone got a selfie with you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I met Zombie Workshop. He's good. He's Who? a good lad. Yeah, he's a guy called Lucan. He's an artist. And he did the t shirt I'm wearing today, which Luke you can, and the third. You can see right now on the podcast I'm wearing. Luke and the third? Stop trying to do jokes. They're not jokes. They're just you're just saying words. They're not jokes. <laughs> I'm at just all. referencing shit that doesn't really It's not to even it. a thing. What is a Luke and the third? Luke and the third. That's not a thing. That's Lupan Lupan Luke and the two Fucking hell. Fucking hell. This is the episode where Aaron quits. Jesus. Anyway, um, yeah, TF Nation is great. We should go there. Lots of cool people there. Lots of fun times. I met, I met Chris. I saw Chris walking around. He sold me this Star Scream the other week. Yeah. And I thought I should go say hi to him. And then I thought I could have told him to bring that to TF Nation. I could have picked it up. It would have saved him postage. Um, so you didn't say hello to him. I didn't say hello to him. No, no that's a good I didn't idea. Want him, I didn't want him to know I was there. Um, that's a good idea, mate. Yeah. And I saw yeah. I saw Chris McFeely walking around at one point. I didn't realise afterwards that I didn't stop and say hi to him. Was he a bit McFeely? No. No, he's the guy who writes loads of stuff about Transformers on Wikipedia yes. and things, and he does the basics. Just a long-running Transformers series who's, on YouTube. Who's your favourite Transformer? I have lots of favourite Transformers. No, but who's I'm your favourite Transformer? Favorites. Don't make me pick favourites. No, but who's your favourite Transformer? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. You don't know? I'm not gonna say, I'm gonna, I like robots, man. You like robots? I just like robots. TF. TF and all over the place. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a really nice time. It didn't feel commercial like London Film and Comic Con stuff do. You know, it's, yeah. those ones are just sprawling great big markets and everyone's bashing into each other. For? The TF Nation. Yeah. Uh, I think it started in like 2013 or something. Jesus, so it's, it's been going for a while. Yeah, it's bigger now than it used to be. Yeah. But um, no, it's just, it's just it's good vibes. Considering the size of it, it's nice that it's not become like... Yeah, uh, I think mate. I think they could definitely do it expand into two halls for the trade floor stuff, because um, it's it's like it's got to the point where like Toy Fu can have eight tables and still not sell through not sell for stuff. They made like twenty thousand pound really in two days for charity. It's not bad all, yeah, that's a crazy amount of money. But um, but they they didn't have a like they don't have like an infinite number of guests. It's like it's not a massive amount of guests there. Like, um, it's a bunch of comic artists and voice actors, writers for the TV shows and stuff <gasps> did, like that. Uh, did did um, Peter... I can't remember the name of the guy who does Optimus' voice. Peter Cullen. Yeah, did no. he turn up? No. Is he dead? No. Oh, okay. He's like 86. Let him have a nap. He's very old. But, um, no, it's just a really fun, good time. Hmm. It was nice. Everyone was chatty. Yeah. You know, I chatted to a bunch of people there, which you wouldn't get that at London Film and Comic Con. No one would say anything to anyone. I've, I've been to conventions where people have been chatty, but mostly it was just... Well, the only, well, one main thing with London Film and Comic Con I always remember is that big fat pedo guy was always there. Which one? The one who ended up in prison years ago. He, he was a, he's, he's been released now. I saw him walking around town. Oh, the guy from Main and Cool News? No. He, he was a pedo at the school I used to go to. Oh. Yeah, he was a janitor there. Oh. But, um, yeah, he used to always be at the conventions. Jesus. Yeah, he's not allowed anymore. That's grim. Keep an eye out for him. Yeah. I uh Hide your kids. I didn't know any pedos growing up. Didn't didn't have the uh pleasure like you did. But uh No no, he's he's when I was working at Toys R Us and HMV and stuff, he used to always come in. 
But then he got arrested like uh, six years ago. Got put in prison. Probably for the best. And now he's been released. Oh, that's not for the best. No. No, I saw him walking around town. Yeah. No, he wasn't there. So that's no. good. Yeah, it was good. I think there's minimal pedos at TF Nation. That's really what you want from TF Nation. Yeah. Uh, l- less than one, if at all possible. I mean, less than, less than zero, of course. Yeah. But uh, no, it was just nice. I'd like to have stayed there a bit longer and stuff. But, you know, I stayed at my dad's, so I couldn't stay there tons of no, time. No, of course, yeah. Um, I didn't stay for the evening club con thing, which is where they have, like, more chats and stuff. Gary Chalk, the guy who does the voices of Optimus Primal in oh, Beast Wars. Yeah, cool. And he did the voice of Optimus Prime in Transformers Armada. Yeah. Um, he did, like, an acoustic guitar set on the Saturday night and just playing his guitar. Oh, nice. Singing some songs. That's quite sweet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think they could expand it next year. I think they can make it better. I only went to one panel while I was there. I went to Ed, um, is it Ed Cousins? He's the guy, he used to run the, um, toy, do the toy design stuff for Hasbro in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of stuff. He did Action Man and, um, did that Micro Machine stuff and things like that. Action Man, the greatest hero of them all. Hmm. But, um, nah, really good. I rec- recommend it. Yeah. It, Nicer it does convention. Like a good time. Nicer convention than, like, MCM and, all yeah. that. I've been I've been to one MCM. That was a bit there. I'm not. The problem with conventions is that I'm not a fan because it's like you get people that know each other from regularly going there, and then and then people that don't go there on a regular basis. Just you don't really have an. It's in. just all people swarming celebrities. That's all it is. Yeah. Though a lot of those and swarming all over the tables and getting in your way. Yeah. And I tell you what, I haven't heard a single thing about anyone at this TF Nation having COVID a few days later. No, because they've got monkeypox. Because Transformer fans are smart enough to fucking not they go if they've got no, COVID. No, they, they don't socialise, <laughs> so they're less likely to get it. But at the end of the day, I met Repugnus. You did, you did. He had a little chair yeah, with a little knitted duck on it, little Aww. rubber duck. Aww, little ducky. Yeah, um, and I met Gav, he's very tall. Gav Spence is massive. Gav Spence is... The TRDQ guy. Scottish oh, okay. guy. How tall is he? Like, he's a literal giant. Six foot. He will step on you. Is he taller than me? I'm six yeah, foot. Yeah, much taller than you. He's so like, he's like, he's six, like six, eight, six, ten. Six, eight. Ooh, that's he's very, very tall. I challenge him to a fight. Very, very, but quite humble I and very funny. Challenge him to a duel. What's that thing about Limmy that everyone always says? I met Limmy at the TV Awards. He was quite down to earth and very funny. <laughs> That's what you say about celebrity. I, <laughs> I was trying to explain to someone the other day that Limmy sketch because they were like, they're like, oh, the train, the bus stop one. <laughs> it's one of the greatest sketches ever. It's, it's just the way it looks down. And sees that little 3.5 jack dangling there and then makes eye contact and he's like, just keeps making more intense eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> I like the um the one who's the who's the cat he's got a character who's like I can't remember his name. But he's always like fucking you ever think about going on the bus to Yorka? Like and all that. And there's one of them where it's just him sitting in a room and he goes, Fucking uh, it's silent for a bit and he goes, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it just ends. I watched I watched like a twenty five minute rant from about James Corden the other day. Oh, <laughs> he was like, watching his carpool karaoke. He's like, oh it's, fucking! It's oh, just the fucking face, oh, just the fucking. You know, it's just the smoke. He does this thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like he looks at the camera. He's like, mm, oh, fucking shakes me up. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, that's cool. TF Nation though. How much was it to go? 
Uh, I think it was like 35 quid for the Saturday day ticket. I didn't get the early entry one. Neither did Few. Few was a couple of people ahead of me in the queue. And like a normal person, he went in at 10.30. He could have got in earlier. He was there all weekend. I'm surprised he didn't buy the early access for Saturday. I might see if we can get you in. I'll see if I can get you a pass next time. I'll just go for. The, I'll just get a weekend one. Well, no, because I can get you. A, I can get you a press pass. We, we've got them. There's no press pass things for yeah. TF Nation. They do press. Yeah, we've There's got no some... press thing for TF yeah, Nation. Yeah, there will be. We've, no, there we've, got, we've had them before for. Um, we've had them for for Portsmouth Comic Con. What the fuck is a Portsmouth Comic Con? There's a Portsmouth Comic Con. That's we've not got, a real thing. Yeah, we're on the press list. We get we get tickets every year. There's not a press thing for there, TF Nation. There will be. There, there absolutely be. is not. We got, it's we, not that sort of convention. We uh, we had press passes to DragCon. We went to that. I didn't. <laughs> you didn't. I went. But you but never talked the, about it. So We're on their press release thing as well, so we get invited every year. You agree to it once, and then you just keep getting them. Yeah, it was really good. DragCon. 2018, 2019, I think it was. Before the pandemic, I went to DragCon. It was a really good time. And they let children watch drag. <laughs> it's honestly... Back in my day, they wouldn't have watched that. Because I I, I have been to like... We only had Dame Edna I've, and Lily Savage on morning <laughs> television. I've been to a lot of like... Dick Emery. I've had a lot of... Like, I've, I've not been to like Comic-Con style things, but I've gone to... Not London Comic Con, I should make it clear. But I've gone to like video game conventions oh. and like um I've gone to like vegan food conventions and I've been to like <laughs> That's lame. It's actually alright. That it's sounds right. lame as well. Why do you just look at mushrooms all <laughs> <laughs> So when you go to the Brighton ones, depending on, on what one you go to, because some of them are just like people set up stalls and they just sell like this is the latest stuff that's coming from this company and you can buy some and shit like that. So you, you pay a fiver and you can go and like get early access to products and stuff. But then other ones, you pay like a certain amount of money and you get like a 30 course micro menu for like people that are releasing vegan food in the area, like restaurants and stuff. And then you vote on who makes the best dish and then like you, you, yeah, you get McDonald's, plant burger. Really, seriously though, really good, really good events. I had but, a um, plant based Whopper. Oh, did you? How was it? It was really nice. Really good. So, Probably drag, the best one. Dragcon. <laughs> what are you reviewing now anyway? I'm going to review, um, I completed a game. Because this is, this is an hour through now. Sorry, I, I completed Dragon. I completed Devil May Cry on the Switch. And I feel the need to talk about it. Because uh, I went on a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a weird one. So I, I bought Devil May Cry and Devil May Cry 3 for the Switch. And I fully intended to play them like the weekend I bought them. But I forgot my Switch when I went away. So I didn't play them. Um, so I recently decided I was going to jump back in and complete Devil May Cry. Because um, I haven't done it since the PS2 days. And I, I, at the time, I don't really remember what happened in the game. So I was like, I'll give it a go. So I completed Devil May Cry. And um, and I remembered that Devil May Cry was... Uh, it was basically born of a prototype of Resident Evil 4. So I watched I watched a two-hour-long video by Sphere Hunter. That's a waste of time. All you need to do is say they originally wanted to be Resident Evil 4 and it wasn't. And then they made Devil May Cry. No, I watched a two-hour video by a by a YouTuber called Sphere Hunter. This oh, was right. like released ages ago oh, right. about Devil May Cry. Because oh, right. I remember Devil May Cry Two was much maligned for being a terrible film, terrible game. <laughs> All I can remember from that game is if you weren't in the UK, you may not have had this in our in in the UK. Because I had Devil May Cry Two. I didn't have Devil May Cry One or Three when I was growing. Mm. Devil May Cry Two was really cheap because it's shit. But also, 
In the UK, the guy, the little book that came inside the book. Oh, remember those kids? The games used to come with books. Inside the inside the game case, there was a book, and at the back of the book had an advert for Diesel Jeans because <laughs> yeah. they were prominently featured in the game. And I was like, "This is weird for a video game. Maybe this isn't going to be a good game." And then I played, it and it wasn't very good. I never completed Devil May Cry two. What I are never you talking about anyway. Devil May Cry one. Okay. So, um, so I started watching this video about Sphere Hunter about, about Resident Evil 4 and the development of Resident Evil 4 and all the other stuff and all the weird prototypes and what games came from those prototypes. Like, Haunting Ground was apparently born of an idea from Resident Evil 4 as well. Which is really cool. Haunting Ground, do you know the, um, survival horror game for the PS2? Huh. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so, um, I played through Devil May Cry and it's weird how well that game has held up. It plays like a PS2 game. It, it still has some of those, um, some of those early 3D action survival horror style game tropes that, that make it a little bit more difficult to play now, like quality of life stuff that's been introduced is, is far better than it was back in the day. So things like the camp, there's certain bosses where you've got like a 3D environment, you're never getting the 3D environment, and then there's platforms the boss generates so you can jump up and hit them. And it is fucking non impossible to sure do. Are you sure this is a horror game? It's not Klonoa Daughter Phantom. <laughs> it's not Klonoa. And I don't want to talk about Klonoa because they've released a fucking Klonoa remake. Where's yeah. my Tombi remake? You're not getting one. Everyone loves Tombi. Everyone's talking about bug snacks. What? Nobody's talking about fucking bug snacks. Everyone's talking about Tombi. I'm anyway. going to bug snacks and I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Play it. And you'll be like, no, what are you talking about? I, don't, I haven't got Game Pass right now. What? I haven't got the money for it. Do you want to just borrow mine? No. Because you can just put my profile on your Xbox so not, and use Game Pass. I'm not it playing games. Why aren't you playing games? Because I'm too busy. Doing what? Putting this little man in my car. He's a little man. He's driving He's driving the car. Do you want my... Uh, you know the Optimus Prime, Lego Optimus Prime that I bought? What? When I've built it, do you want it? Because I don't want it after I've built it. I don't want a Lego set I'm not building. I don't what know. The, what the... You bought a fucking Transformers and come in a box. This came... What? No, because I don't care about boxes. Well, then why do you care if it's built or not? What? Lego, Lego's built... You get Lego to build it. Aren't you supposed to be talking about Devil May Cry? Anyway, Devil May Cry is a really good game. It's on the Switch. It often goes down to about £8 in the UK. It's really worth playing. It's a lot of fun. Um, it is very short. You can complete it in about three hours. Um, I took my time with it this time because I was trying to find some stuff and going over bits and pieces trying some of the special missions. But uh, But yeah, really, really good game and I'm... Part of the way through Devil May Cry 3, I won't review that until I've completed it, but this is Matt's Retro Corner, and uh, I talked about Devil May Cry 3, which uh, I'm not going to give it to my kids. You talked about Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry, sorry. Uh, I'm not going to give it to my kids. You didn't really talk about anything about it. You talked about Devil May Cry 2, and then Haunting Ground. Yeah. You didn't talk about Devil May Cry. They're all connected. You talk about Diesel Jeans. Oh, should I talk about Devil May Cry? A game that people definitely know. Yeah, because that's what you're supposed to be reviewing. Oh, here we come, the review police. Devil May Cry is the story of Dante, the half-son of Sparta, who is a demon that ruled in hell. You have to traverse a castle, chased by a mysterious figure, not always, but sometimes, who uh, also seems to have similar powers. Eventually you find out it's your half-brother, Virgil, who is also being trapped by the god Mundus, or demon Mundus, who is now the ruler of hell. So with your powers of Sparta, you have to fight back against Mordus and his scary, scary army. Good luck. You happy now? That's just telling the story. That's not reviewing the game. One more information to people. It's a 3D action survival horror. You may as well read the back of the box. With some some fixed camera angles 
and some well, all the 3D environments are 3D, but some of the camera angles are fixed, which makes it a little bit more difficult than you'd like in a game like this, but it still works. As I said, you can complete the game in about three and a half hours, and it is action-packed. It's a lot of fun, there's some great humour, there's an incredible combat combo system that really set the ground for the combo systems we know now from Hack and Slash games. Um, there are upgradable weapons, and you know, and uh, and there's some really dog shit 3D swimming levels that uh, only take a couple of seconds. So that's not too bad, but they're still pretty dog shit. Enjoy. Oh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a Cape Blanchett. Classically beautiful. And your review. Looking at toys. So you do want that Transformers ability, yeah? No. Yeah. Because I don't want like a figure that. The point of Lego is to build it. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Fucking Jesus. Fucking. Fucking. Right. Uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's been on. Has it? Yeah. All ten episodes. Since when? Um, We were a month behind America. I could have viewed this a month ago if Paramount Plus just let us have it at the same time. But they love the idea of us... In the UK, waiting for stuff. Roller coaster. Because they remember back in the nineties when we used to wait a year, wait a year and a half. Back in the nineties for um, TNG or Deep, Deep Space Nine, and now they think we still like to wait because they're fucking crazy. Uh, anyway, so Star Trek: Strange New Worlds is um, set after season two of Discovery. It's a whole new when what you shut up. Set after season two of Discovery, where Discovery's gone into the future and stuff, so they're out of the way. You just move Discovery over there, drop them off, they can't cause any trouble. Um, And this is about Captain Pike being aware that he's going to be in some sort of horrific accident that's going to put him in, like, the bleepy machine where he goes, beep, and then two beats for no. I still understand why he can't avoid that fate. That's the point. He can't avoid it. How can he not avoid it? That's the whole point of the season finale. Just give me, just try to tell you about the show. So it's about him and his crew doing stuff, Star Trekky stuff. Every week is a different story. They have a little weird thing to deal with because it's Star Trek, and they deal with it. That's a unique concept for modern Star Trek. They should try it a bit more. Like maybe, what if Star Trek Picard had episodes? That'd be great instead of just being random stuff for forty-five minutes and ending at wherever they feel like ending. Um, Picard was terrible. It was. Um, Discovery's better now, though. I think Discovery's... I mean, it's still got the series-wide plot stuff, but it's like each episode at least feels somewhat different from the other one each, you know, each week. There's a plot. But Strange New Worlds has that. It does really good stuff. There's one where um, Spock and his fiance they doing... Uh, they're, they're doing a, like, a mind-meld thing. Yeah. To, like, you know, sort of sort out their turmoil they've got going on. They feel like there's an Im- they're, they're having troubles in their relationship. And they do a mind-meld and accidentally swap minds. Um, so the whole episode is pretty funny because it's a you know a Freaky Friday type situation with two emotionless, logical um, beings who have mm. to take it as a matter of fact and deal with the idea that they're going to have to impersonate each other for a day while they figure out which is why can't they just tell people? That's a good way of doing the humour of it because it's not like you know the usual thing is oh my god I'm in my mum's body oh my god I'm yeah, in my daughter's they just body. Tell people? They do tell, they tell Pike, and then they have to try to sort it out. There's a, um, there's a, a thing going on. They got a peace conference to do, and Spock's expected to do the peace, expected to do the peace negotiations with this alien race. Um, but no, that's, that's a fun episode. And there's another wacky episode later, which feels like it's straight from the 1960s series, where um, the Doctor's storybook they come across this weird nebula, and it won't let them leave. They're like it's holding on to them. 
Okay. And the storybook this doctor reads to his daughter, who he's got like stuck in a pattern buffer because he's trying to find a cure for her. Um, for her AIDS. She hasn't got AIDS. Oh. Um, but um, yeah, the storybook, the entire ship gets turned into like a version of the storybook. Everyone gets turned into medieval fantasy characters, oh. and the doctor's the only one who's aware that it's not a thing. Oh, and um, Hemmer, the uh, um, engineer who's blind so whatever light flashed and caused all the thing to happen he didn't see it because he's blind so it didn't affect him he's being attacked psychically he's got psychic powers um, Hemmer's great Hemmer's this, he's actually a blind actor they got to play the chief engineer he's he's one of the most fun characters on the new series he sort of comes across as a bit of a hard ass but he's got a fun side to him um, but it's, it's just a nice series it's nice to see Captain Pike as a captain who takes his time with things and doesn't rush in like um say like like Kirk does, which is you know what you expect from the sixties era style Star Trek, and you know he sits and he cooks with his crew and he hangs out with them, like invites them to meals, and like you know chats with them and gets to know them and all this sort of stuff. Um, you get a little bit of a Hura. She's a cadet and she's taking her. This is like her sort of work placement thing while she's in the academy, so she's like. Do you want to stay on the Enterprise and stuff? And she's like, I don't know what I want to do. Do I want to be in Starfleet or not? Um, she's trying to make a decision. And so you get a little bit of her being the audience's eyes. Um, but the season finale, if you'd let me finish, um, is where a Pike from 10 years in the future comes back and he says, don't you write that letter you're thinking of writing because he's going to write letters to tell all the people who got injured in the accident to not turn up. That day, so don't be in this place on this day in the future. Weird spaceship. Is that's what his plan was? He's going to try and avoid the accident. Yeah. And Pike's this future Pike's like you can't do that, and he's wearing like a modernized version of the movie Star Trek uniforms. Oh, that's cool. quite neat. Yeah. Um, but he's like, don't do it because if you do, shit will go down. And he's got one of the time crystals, and the time crystals were the things that let Pike see his fate. Yeah. Um, and what it does is it sends him into a time 10 years, in, uh, seven, 10 years in the future, where it's the episode um, Balance of Terror from the original series. Yeah. But Pike's commanding the Enterprise rather than Kirk. Kirk's commanding the Farragut who gets turns up and gets involved in it. Um, Balance of Terror is like the first encounter with the Romulans. It's when the, the Starfleet find out what the Romulans look like, that they look like Vulcans. Yeah. They've never encountered them properly before. And they've got this special weapon that like obliterates anything it hits. And they're trying to basically provoke a war on the neutral zone. Yeah. And the whole episode, the thing that it builds on is that Pike's more methodical and slower, like takes his time and looks for the safest and the best route for peace. Whereas Kirk's more gung-ho and stuff. And the point is, is that Kirk's more gung-ho getting to a fight attitude is what stops a massive war from kicking off. Because in the original series, he fights back against the Romulans and they have a battle and he destroys the Romulan ship. Um, but because Pike tries to save it, the Romulans see this as a sign of weakness and see his ears and say to themselves, we should just invade if they're this weak. And it kicks off a war. Oh, right. So the episode is about him learning that, like, even though he does nothing wrong in that scenario, he does everything by the book. Like, by doing that, he causes a decades-long war where billions of people across the Alpha Quadrant will die. Because but now he knows he doesn't shouldn't do that. So he knows he mustn't avoid the accident. Yeah. Because if he avoids the accident... He's going to be in charge of the ship. Yeah. And that will cause the war. Yeah. Even though he could just fight back. He could change his decisions and stuff, maybe, in the future. Yeah. Who knows? Because if he, if he just does exactly what Kurt did, surely it would be the same outcome. The thing is, the um, no, it has a bad outcome. 
other people suffer as a result. Oh, right. In the situation that goes down. Yeah, but if he just attacks he would be able to avoid, them... He'd have to then start avoiding that future fate and start causing... You can't create alternate timelines willy-nilly in Star Trek. It yeah, but you're problems. more likely to do good if you're not a box man. He's okay. He just gets to wheel around the place a bit and go like, beep, beep. Yeah. Ah! He has ah! to have a two-part episode in season, like, one of Star Trek. Look what happened to the original In the guy. menagerie. Where it's all burned up and fucked up. It's a great episode of Star Trek. What fucked him up that bad? It was a um, core meltdown thing and there's like a leak and fucked him up radiation poisoning. Oh, right. um, like in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. No, because Star Trek Into Darkness was trying to copy what happens in Star Trek 2 with the warp core is going. Flip around. But instead, yeah, Kirk kicks the warp core till it works, and then Spock's like, no, and that's fucking terrible. Yeah. Into Darkness is awful. Yeah. It's it a is. really bad film. It is really bad. No, Beyond's good, though. Beyond yeah, Beyond's great. Kicks and ass. the original Star Trek, yeah, the reboot right. 2009. 2009 one's fine. Pretty good. It needs to, it needed to freaking calm its tits every now and again. Yeah. It's slow down. But Beyond's awesome. Plus, it's an hour and 40 minutes long. Perfect length Fucking for brilliant. But no, um, Strange New Worlds was really good. It's a it's a breath of fresh air to Star Trek. That's good. Um, I, I was contemplating sitting and watching Star Trek Prodigy now, which is the kids' show they did. You know, the one about the aliens who find an experimental ship in the Gamma Quadrant, and um, they're like weird aliens, and there's a Janeway hologram on it. Um, might watch that at some point. Lower deck starts next um, this week, doesn't it? Does it? New I series. Didn't know that was back. That's good. Yeah. Um, animated shows churn out really quickly. Do you remember when animation used to be a time-consuming, laborious yeah. thing? And I saw a trailer the other day, for season thirteen of Archer starting. Like freaking, what happened to animation taking time? I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, Strange New World is really good. It's the best Star Trek's been in years. I mean, the best Star Trek is still. Right Lower now, decks. it's the Orville. It's, um, it's the Orville. No, Lower Decks. No, no the Orville's better, you cunt. Mm, don't know if they hear Seth Rogen. Is Seth MacFarlane in... Uh... He's probably done a voice in it. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Strange New Worlds. It's, it's on it's Paramount. It's a strange new You can world. subscribe to Paramount Plus now, get you a 30-day free trial, watch all 10 episodes of the show, and then cancel. And then get a new email and get another 30 days. Maybe. How much, is, how much is Paramount Plus? I don't know, six ninety nine a month or something? <sighs> Too much. They put Jackass Forever on there, so I might sit and watch that at some point. No, Jackass Forever's all right. Yeah, and I'm, I started watching the new Beavis and Butted series. I haven't watched that yet. It's it really good? good. Classic oh, Beavis yeah. and Butted. Um, the second one, second episode's really good. Really funny. Anyway, uh, you review something. I've got broken now. All right, uh, I'm going to review a new movie. came out Friday. We're very excited about this film, man. It's a very special piece of cinema. Um, I believe I have reviewed the original film on this podcast. I saw Orphan, First Kill. Not if you reviewed the first Orphan. Did I not? I'm going to talk about Orphan and Orphan, First Kill. I'm no, talk just about talk about Orphan, Orphan No, I'm going to talk about both in chronological order. Fuck no, you. So Orphan, First Kill is the story of Esther. Or is it? Now, Esther is a young girl who has been adopted. Or has she? No, in this film, Esther is a Esther is an older lady that has a um, has a hormone imbalance. I mean, she she looks like a ten year old girl. Um, she pretends to be a, she pretends to be the daughter of a rich family who have lost their child, so that she can get to America and so that she can she can go and live with this family because she's she's burnt down she's burnt down a mental health asylum. She killed a bunch of people. Oh. She does kill. She kills a lot. She kills a lot. Right. This is the first kill, isn't it? No, this this is the first kill. I don't. This is the movie I'm talking about. Orphan first kill. Yeah, don't talk about this first film. This is the first film. First kills the second film. No, this is the prequel. Yeah, but it's still the second if film. If malignant f- 
first kill came out, it wouldn't be Malignant 2, it would be Malignant 0. Yeah, but it would still be the second Malignant It film. would not, it would be a prequel. You would never watch Malignant without watching Malignant 0 first. So I will never refer to Orphan, the movie, as the first Orphan film. This is the first Orphan film. So it turns out that rich family is Julius Stiles' family. Remember Julius Stiles? they got Julius Stiles. Julius from... Stiles is in Orphan First Kill. Why? Do you remember Julius Stiles? Yeah. She was in uh, Save the Last Dance. She's she in a bunch of 10 stuff. Things I Hate About You. She was in... Uh, Dexter Season 5. Less talked about that, the better. Um, she's in films. So anyway, so there is an in- there's an incredible twist once Esther gets back home. Well, I say Esther. Once, once the, the woman impersonating Esther, this 10-year-old girl, gets back home. And uh, I won't spoil it because it's a ton of fun. But Julia Stiles becomes the antagonist. And Esther becomes our protagonist. As much as that seems difficult to believe, but we are rooting for a murderous person with a hormone deficiency who is impersonating a 10-year-old child. Does she, um, at the end of the film, is she like, maybe I like killing? No. Uh. No. She she does cause another fire, though. Spoilers for the fire. Fire! Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid and weird... And much like the first orphan, just hits all the right notes in that sense. Like, it's so fucking dumb and weird that you can't help but be like... Is Julia Stiles an orphan as well? Julia Stiles is not an orphan. Oh. want to make that clear. Not all orphans are evil, even though Julia, Julia Stiles is evil. Not all orphans are evil. Um, it's, it's real good. Like, it is... So, Orphan 1 is the story following this, where she is like, I'm Esther, and my family burned in a fire. I want to be adopted. And then she gets adopted by Vera Farmiga and um, and Peter... Vera Farmiga's in it. In the first Orphan, yeah. Is she? Yeah. yeah. So it's Vera Farmiga, Vera Farmiga and... Um, what's his name? The guy who plays fucking the big-headed dude in Green Lantern. What's his name? He's like a famous actor. Mark Strong. He's one of the Skarsgårds, I think. Mark Strong. No, it's like Peter Skarsgård. Mark Strong was the big No, he dude. wasn't. He was Sinestro. Yeah, big-headed dude. He was Sinestro, the guy with the clearly evil name. No, I'm talking about the other big-head dude, the guy who becomes the bigger-head dude. I don't know. Why? I think it's Peter Skarsgård, but I'm going to get the name. It doesn't matter. You're talking about Orphan no, First I'm Kill. No, I'm talking about both Orphan films. No, Orphan First Kill. No. You stop telling me what I can and can't review, and I will not stand for this. Peter Sarsgaard. All right, so Peter Sarsgaard and Vera Farmiga adopt Esther after losing a child of their own and another child becoming deaf due to an incident involving Vera Farmiga's alcoholism. Right? Mm-hmm. And then Esther goes crazy, tries to bang Peter Sarsgaard and kills some of the kids, or tries to kill some of the kids. It's a fucking great film. But the twist now is is old news to most people that she is an old lady pretending to be a little girl. Yeah. But it's so fucking nuts watching that film <laughs> and it being like being like, who's Esther? Oh no, that's not Esther. That's a thirty three year old bad woman. <laughs> and then Vera Farmiga being like, she's a woman. <laughs> and then Peter Sarsgaard being like, don't try and bang me. You're ten. She's like, I'm actually thirty three. And he's like, what? She's like, stabby stabby. And he's like, oh, you say you're thirty three. <laughs> 
Okay, there. <laughs> no, um, Orphan 1 is fucking insane. Orphan First Kill is also fucking insane. I wasn't expecting them to try and do a twist in the in the same vein as the original Orphan, where it was just like, it started out as like just a creepy kid movie, and then towards the end you discover she's an old lady. And so when I went into Orphan First Kill and someone, someone in one of their reviews had gone, it's bonkers, there is a crazy twist. I was like, if you haven't seen Turns the original... Out she's actually a young lady. <laughs> I was like, if you haven't seen the original Orphan and you're going to turn around and say the the twist is that she's an old lady, I'm going to be just fucking pissed off. But no, it does have a great twist. It becomes a battle of the psychopaths and it's really fucking fun. Oh, like, I really um, enjoyed it. Freddy versus Jason. No, no. Uh, it's like it's like Chucky versus Freddy. That's not a film. No, I know, but it's that sort of equivalent. So it's like the sort of... The, the the villain who has become sort of your main protagonist in these films versus an antagonist who is much taller, much more powerful, has has like a wider wider sort of grasp of what can be done versus that person who is, you know, is is smaller, has less lay of the land, has less money resources. No, I've seen Rey Mysterio versus the big show. Yeah, a small person can still didn't, win those didn't, fights. Didn't Mayweather fight for the show? Yeah. <laughs> he beat him to death with a giant clock. He punched him. Yeah. Punched him in the face. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Orphan First Kill is fucking nuts. It's a lot of fun. It's very stupid, but it is a lot of fun. And I, I highly recommend it to anyone who's a fan of the original Orphan um, or is just a fan of horror in general. If you like Malignant, you're going to like this because it, it's very campy and stupid like Malignant was. Not based in science like Annie keeps telling people. It's not as good as Malignant. It's better than Malignant. No, it's not. Malignant is a better perfect than movie. Everything's better than Malignant, including the Malignant prequel, Freddy Got Fingered. What? <laughs> Freddy... <laughs> um, Fingy, what's his name? What's his name? What's the name of the guy from Freddy Got Fingered? You're not allowed to spoil Malignant. What's his name? It's a rule. What's his name? What's the name? Well, Seven Freddy. Green. Tom Green. Tom Green from... I'm the backwards man, the backwards man. I can do anything faster backwards than you can. <laughs> That final scene in Malignant is... Well, no, sorry. The final fight in Malignant is what makes Malignant worth watching. The whole film's great. In the police station. Where a fucking trophy becomes a throwing weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not watch Malignant after this. Uh, you just don't appreciate Giallo horror. Or Giallo. Giallo? Giallo? Oh, yeah, sorry. Giallo. So I give Orphan first... Go- it's getting a Tom Atkins, because combined with Orphan, it's a lot of fucking fun and stupid. It turns out she's not an orphan. We all opens now. Is what is the guy from Miami Connection in yes. this? Yeah, he directed it. That's sweet. That's why you can't. still getting work. Show. I saw Bullet Train on the same day. Aren't you? Go, you can review that last then. No, Bullet Train's alright. Don't talk about it. Bullet Train review now. Bullet Train's quite good. Are you dumb. I'm not going to give it a formal review. It's quite good. Directed by Ghost Deadpool. Everyone thinks it's the best film that's ever come <laughs> it out. It is not the best film that's ever come ever. out. It's a very fun, silly premise. And it's, you know, one of the biggest problems with it is that they cannot stop with the fucking cameos. Uh, and there's a particular scene where... Is like, it on a train? It's all on a train. Is it because... But um, there's like a flashback cameo that explains... Unstoppable. So basically the whole setup is that there's a bunch of killers on a train, right? Oh. All trying to get a suitcase. Oh. And then at it the end... It sounds like shoot em up. Yeah, it's kind of like shoot em up. But at the end it, sa- it, it turns out that all the killers... It turns out that all the killers are um, are linked to this one job. And they all sort of had like a small impact on someone's wife not being treated at hospital. Uh. And, and that's why they're all there. And Brad Pitt, the character that we're following, he had nothing to do with that incident. He's filling in for a guy who couldn't make it to the train on time. Oh. 
So he's like completely unrelated to that incident. And then I'm like, and guess who the guy who did commit the crime was? And it's a Ryan Reynolds cameo. And you're like, oh, okay, all right. We know you know the guy from Deadpool. Who gives a fuck? Um, like, you didn't need a whole flashback. What's that flash one with pack. the, where all the hitmen are shooting each other? Oh, Smoking the, Aces. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad sequel film. to that that no one watched. Yeah, no, it's not very good. No, Vinny, Vinny Jones was yeah, the Yeah, Smoking Aces, Killer's Ball. There was a bit in Smoking Aces where, is it, um, what's her face? Gamora, she's she's an engine. Joe Saldana, no. Yeah, is that one? No, she's, she's got a sniper rifle. No, you're thinking. No, that's um, Tia West or whatever her name is. Nah. No, it's uh, Tia West, and it's Missy, not Missy Elliott. It's another singer. It's not. She's not in that. Joe Saldana's not in Smoking Aces. I've she's seen got a sniper Aliyah. rifle. No, it's not. And she's finding it like an automatic, but it's a bolt action. It's not Joe Saldana. That is the small lady who was in another film. Let me just quickly get her name for you. She was in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's in, she's in a bunch of... Alicia Keys is the woman who's in the hotel, and it's Taraji P. Hansen, who's the woman with the sniper. You're rifle. Taraji P. Hansen. But um, it's got one hell of a cast. I, I keep forgetting that Ben Affleck's in it, because Ben Affleck is shot down by he Chris Pine. He plays one of the he? bullets. No, Ben Affleck's shot to death by Chris Pine, oh. who plays like a hillbilly, oh. who, with Kevin Durand and another guy, they still... Durand, the guy from Darkman. No, the really tall guy who's oh. in uh, The Strain. From Darkman 3, he died. No, he's uh, and... the blob in uh, X-Men Origins. Oh. Yeah, that's Kevin Durant. He wasn't really that fat. He no, had he makeup. Or he was a big suit. But anyway, Bullet Train is enjoyable, but it's not It's not the action film of the year. It's just a lot of fun. But it's not like it's not anything you'll remember afterwards. It is a bit like Smoking Aces. Why are you viewing Bullet Train now? That's your uh, last review. No, no, no. Go on, your review, man. Fucking right. Oh. Cinemas are back, baby! No, Better Call Saul ended. Oh, how's that gone? Um, really, really good, this last series, Series 6. Spoiler. been fantastic. No, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, Better Call Saul is the best TV show for years. It's frigging great. The way it pushes back against melodrama, it concentrates entirely on stakes and, you know, pushing the story forward and the characters' internal conflicts, all this sort of stuff. Um... Because, yeah, what what goes on in this series? The bulk of the series is building up to a confrontation between um, with Lalo. Because um, there was a whole situation at the end of the oh, last Lalo series Salamanca. where Lalo's, um, Lalo's saying his place in Mexico gets all shot up by a whole bunch of guys sent by... Yeah, um, betrayed by, by Nacho. Fring. Yeah, Nacho's involved. Nacho betrays him yeah, he helps, with the help he helps of Gustav. He wants, and... he wants to be free of Lalo. Yeah, because Lalo's losing yeah. his fucking mind. <laughs> But um, the whole, most first half of the series is all building up around Lalo. You know, some people don't know he's still alive. They start to get the idea that he might still be alive. Yeah, because he had a lookalike that he burned and killed. And <laughs> yeah, put in there. Um, classic Lalo. Um, but it's building up towards him coming back to get on get Gustav Fring. Yeah. Um, in the process, he stops by Saul's house. Um, and Saul's been Saul and um Kim have been like messing with Howard Hamlin. They've just been trying pranks. to make it. Yeah, just. Just pranks, just a prank, bro. Just a few japes. Um, trying to make him out to be a coke addict um, to everyone in yeah. the community because they just want to fuck with him a little bit and it gets out of hand. And the second half of the series is like the fallout from that and then it like time skips forward to the black and white stuff, the yeah. stuff that's way after. And there's like four episodes. I thought it was going to be like one episode of the black and white stuff and then we'd like skip back and forth or something. But it is mostly that stuff post Breaking Bad. Saul's hiding out somewhere as Gene working yeah. in a cinnamon bar. Um, where was he? I can't remember. Was, cinnamon. Yeah, but I can't remember where he was um, hiding out. Not a oh, high area, um, it's... Um... Some place. Fucking cold place. Yeah. Shitty place. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, you see that his life, you see a little bit of Kim's life. Um, you see, like, there's a there's a build up towards their sort of like it avoids the melodrama. It's not building up towards a collision between them. It's not like one of them's going to get a big payback on the other. No, um, and it builds you up to a finale where. Like, I'm, there's probably going to be some people out there who think Saul's a hero and he's he's a pretty bad person. Yeah, he's a terrible. <laughs> the whole human. point of the show has been that he's letting his like any sign of his humanity just chip away in order to chase his own success. And you know, he he likes money a lot. He thinks about money a lot. And the last few episodes it's really not even money is it? it's like power. It's just, like a weird power. He just wants thing. to win over people. Yeah, basically, but um. The last like couple, last episode has a whole bunch of these bits where different points in his life where he's asked people what they'd do if they had a time machine and all that, and his answer is always money. And it's like he never, never thinks like you know maybe he did something wrong in the past because he thinks he's always made the right decisions and all that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the way the way the series wraps up is exactly how it should have wrapped up. Um. I did think for a while they were going to do like a happy ending with him and Kim being together in the future part. I, I was but expecting that. Not where it goes. Not where it goes at all. No. But um, it's really just a fantastic TV show, Vince Gilligan being great. Um, they replaced... Um, I can't remember the guy who played him before, but they replaced I don't remember some, the character. No, but the character. <laughs> the, there's a character that comes back specifically and they've recast him, and I didn't even notice they recast him. I didn't even... I, could, I, I knew... I figured it was someone from Breaking Bad, but yeah. I couldn't remember. They recast him with Pat... I can't remember the guy's name. He he's like a horror actor. He yeah, was in. He's in loads of stuff. Yeah, yeah, some guy. He um, but yeah, he specifically pops in. He's really interesting in this because yeah, was... he's just dope. Who gets caught up in another net set up by um, Saul? Gets wrapped into Gene's schemes. I also like the fact that they just have to lean into that lie. Like all the pranks and stuff have perfectly set up an alibi when it comes to Howard mm-hmm. and his death. Howard's death is Don't so spoil friggin' He show. dies at the beginning of the first part of the season. No, he dies at the midpoint of the season. No, sorry, he dies at the end of the last season. No, he doesn't. He no, dies at the midpoint of the season. Part one. At the end of part one, he dies. Yeah, that's with the midpoint of oh, the sorry, season. Yeah. There was only like a f- couple of weeks break. Yeah. You silly... Fucking ruining um, it for everyone. Incredibly sad. Making everyone miss mess up. They, they're not going to watch the show now. Never gonna watch I really it. liked Howard. I've always said this. I liked Howard as a character because he was—he seemed like he was always doing good, and I—I mm. I get why Saul was pissed off because at the end of the last season, it seems like him and um, him and the uh, him and the guy who runs the other law firm that they've combined—it seems like they're going to string out that fucking that care home mm. lawsuit, and most of the people are going to be dead, which means that they'll benefit more from the from the total sum at the end. Um, and I just thought that was that was just an interesting. Because I reckon that Saul kind of had that idea. As long as he stayed part of it, he could yeah. have got to that point, but he just couldn't stand being in the background of it. And also, he didn't like the way that they were dealing with the clients. He didn't like the way they weren't interacting with the clients. It just it was all very interesting. Like Because there are moments in there where Saul takes pride in stuff he does. It's not just about money. It is about power, and it's about those those contacts and that communication he has with people. Especially early on, where you see the 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 idea of that lawsuit all the way back in like season three, where it's the idea of the lawsuit for the for the care home people. It's like, oh, how much did you give these people, and and you've had none of it back. Oh, okay. And the building to that, and the conversations he had, and the it fact goes that goes all the way back to the first series. He goes to the elder, first yeah, in the elder, yeah, first series, it's elder right, laws. Yeah. His whole thing in the first yeah, series. that's true. It's yeah, what he thinks he's going to get into, and yeah, what he's going to do. But I love the idea that like, he remembers all their names, mm. the hundreds of people he's dealing with. He remembers all their names. He's yeah, so does Howard. 
Yeah. And you see there's a whole, because the whole scene with him in the last episode that he's in, where it um, shows how much attention he pays to yeah. all the stuff. But no, it's just great series. Um, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have watched Breaking Bad. It's kind I don't of, think you need to at There's all. a lot of stuff that ties into Breaking Bad, but yeah. it's all more sort of like this stuff's going on the background. If you've watched Breaking Bad, you know where it ends up. It is a bit like El Camino. They show you enough that you mm. know what happens. I haven't watched El Camino. Have you not? It's really, point. really good. El Camino's mostly just like a Jesse Plemons vehicle, but don't you to get to it, though. Jesse Plemons? Yeah, the guy who plays the Nazi kid. The weird blonde kid in the last series of Breaking Bad. You know, yeah, the one who shoots the, weird the eyes. kid. Yeah, he's married to Kirsten Dunst. That's not fair. Why is that not fair? Jesse Plemons, with his weird... He's got a tiny face. He's also like 6'3 and a millionaire. He's got a round head with a tiny face. And he's also... Kirsten a... Dunst could do much better. He was in Antlers. Keep forgetting he was an antlers. Really good. Was he the antlers? At the end, maybe. Yeah, he played the antlers. I'm not going to spoil it, but maybe. Anyway, Breaking, Better Calls, Saul, Camino. Better Calls Saul's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Bob Odenkirk almost died making it. <laughs> yeah! Isn't that weird well to think done. we might not have got this film? Yeah, now he maybe can make some more miss the show for us. I wanted to make another Nobody. It's actually quite good. I like Nobody. Did you ever watch that? No. Nah. No. Oh. Nah. Okay. Well, my last review... Fine, get on with it. Bullet Train. No. <laughs> Fuck Bullet Train. Bullet Train is nowhere near as good as Orphan Last Kill. Or my my next review. Nope. Nope. I saw the third Jordan Peter, Peter Jordan Peele film. I said Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Jordan Peele film. Well, you, you're a big fan of Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I've got to take my pencils. I was who's crying about the other day. Men just... Matter is what matters. <laughs> <laughs> Men are just... Men, men aren't allowed to be men anymore. They're not allowed to be, not allowed to be men. Not allowed to, not allowed to attack women anymore. And that's just not fine. That's just not right. I weep for the boys of today. Something <laughs> weeps from him, but yeah. his, his penis. He's got a weeping He's penis. Dumb cunt that he is. Anyway, so um, nope. Uh, story of story of a small ranch near Hollywood, in Los Angeles. Um, it's in a canyon, and it's it's. Famous for being involved, or at least the great grandparents of the people that are there now, um, which is uh, Kiki Palmer and um, and Daniel Kaluuya, 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 and uh, and their dad is played by Keith David, and Keith David is we he, we see him pass at the beginning of the film, so a, a dime falls out of the sky, and uh, and they're told it could have been a prop plane explode, it goes into his brain and kills him. And from there, Daniel Kalua is, is in charge of the ranch. And we see them interacting with people, hiring them for their horses and for their stunt animals, for like adverts and for TV and film and stuff. And you can see that he's not quite the showman his dad was. And he's quite nervous around people. And he doesn't really have the same show business, show business attitude his dad had. And oh. his sister turns up late to the shoot and you see her, she has that. But she has it uncontrolled, unfettered. There's no shame to her whatsoever, which means she often oversells or 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 over over um, announces herself and doesn't really focus on the job at hand. So you see that they're two parts of their That's father's personality, showmanship. They're two parts of their father's personality, um, and she she comes back because they've got this job and he needs someone there to help him wrangle the horses. Goes badly. But they are, they meet a few people on the set and then they they go home. They're basically like, we need this job. On their way home, he sells the horse that 
that had an incident on the set to to a local showman who lives in the same valley as them, and it, it's um, Glenn from The Walking Dead, David Yoon. Was that was his name? Is it David Yoon? Yeah, Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. What was his actual name? Is, is it David? David Yoon? Yoon. Is it David Yoon? Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, David Yoon has a has a like a cowboy, a rooting to in Los Angeles cowboy style set where people is he can... fucking Jimmy Wang Yang in this? Basically, the yeah. the wrestler who was an Asian dude. No, no. Who so, had a cowboy gimmick. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go too. Wore far. jeans and a white vest. I'm not gonna vest. go too far into spoilers. I'm just gonna help. I'm gonna give you the information that says. You're gonna to spoil say, everything. And then from there, like, I'm not going to go into spoilers. I'm just going to say that, you know, mystery abound. But, but we're introduced to his character and he is part of a show called, called The Gordy Show. Ooh. Where he is this young man who has a family that lives with a pet chimpanzee. And one day they're filming the set, the scene where Gordy is having his birthday presents given to him. And someone gives him a box full of balloons. So the balloons fly up and they start popping. And it causes Gordy to lose his fucking mind and he starts ripping people to shreds. Sweet. And he like bites this little girl's face off and he's like beating someone to death and like it's just fucking horrifically violent. But we don't see a lot of it. All of it's like hidden by the cast and the set because we see it from David Yun's face. David Yun's perspective, sorry, when he's about 11 years old and he's hiding under this birthday table. full Shackma. Yes, went full Shackma. Yeah. That adorable monkey. Um, and, and you see the chimp reaches out. So just before the chimp is shot to death, he reaches out to, to bump fists with, with David Yoon, Yoon's child actor because he's like, that was their thing in the show. It was like the first ever fist bump caught on TV was between him and Gordy. Yeah. And they go and he's, and then the set just fucking explodes because the police shoot him. Well, um, the lesson is that we need one good chimp with no, a gun. No, no, It's all about animals. So this yeah. whole film is about animal wrangling, respecting animals and having, you know, the ability to understand that they are, they are, they have personalities, they have individuality, but at the same time, you cannot control them. You, you will always be on the back foot because animals are always either physically stronger than us or they just, they live by not territory. all animals are stronger than me. No an animal that's not stronger than you. Pillbug. Pillbugs are pretty strong, man. I could crush this pillbug. Would you have a I knife? I could win a fight against pillbugs. Would bug. you have a knife? I wouldn't need a knife. Wouldn't you? No, I'd crush it. <laughs> anyway, so... I'd eat it. Um, so, we see the horse wranglers, we see Gordy. I reckon I could Gordy, take a mole. Gordy's... No, sorry, David Ewan's stage show. And we see at the end of David Kalua's interaction with these directors for this commercial, he goes and he actually sells the horse to David Yun because... Once a horse has had a violent outburst on stage, people don't really want to hire that same animal again. It's a bit like actors. Once they've, once they've done something that makes them difficult to work with or appear difficult to work with, yeah, they stop getting jobs. So Daniel Do they? says to him, so Do, Daniel, are you sure? Well, are you that's, sure about that's the approach this? of the film. So are you Daniel, sure actors lose them? <laughs> are you sure? Not human actors. Not ones that can... Oh. Not Mel Gibson, apparently. Although if someone could shoot him with a shotgun, they would have by this point. Um, but yeah, so, um, so David Yun buys the horse. I think it's like $1,500 or 15 grand. I can't remember the amount. But he sells, Daniel Kulua sells him to him. When are you going to get to the alien invasion thing? It's not an alien invasion thing. Stop well, it. That's what I've heard. Stop assuming. I want to hear about aliens. So, so Daniel Kulua sells him and then Kiki Palmer is basically like trying to catch up with what's happened in the six months since their dad's death. So that's the time that's passed. Um, and they start talking about everything and they catch up. And then that evening, hmm. A really weird sound is heard. They experience something weird where electricity is going out, power is going out, and they started noticing stuff in the valley where the the ranch is situated, where the cowboy show is situated. And um, and from there, we're sort of finding out about this mystery. 
And yes, it has something to do with a UFO, but the UFO is is not like a spaceship UFO. It's like a living being. It's like a territorial creature. And in one of the most fucking incredible scenes, there the creature is above the house. The only thing you can hear is the sounds of about 25 to 30 people being slowly digested and screaming in agony. And it's just the loudest sound in the entirety of the valley. It's echoing everywhere. There's rain pounding down. It is just fucking screaming over and over again. And just, there is no, there is no breathing space in that scene. And it's so incredibly well directed. Cause you've seen the people go up inside of it. You've seen where they are. And then you're like just, in Skyline. No, it's like With Donald Faison. <laughs> Do you know, this is going to sound so fucking stupid because it's nothing like this, but life force more than anything, like a bioorganic structure. And when you see inside of it, it is looks it more Beast like... Beastmaster, where they've got that weird creature that like, opens its ribcage up and swallows people. A bit. And bit then like dissolves that, but them. But no, but, but think about it... In humanoids. If, think about it if Stanley Kubrick and Andy Warhol directed a film about a flesh-eating alien and imagine what the room... Would look Andy like it. Warhol. Yeah, like it's, Andy it's, Warhol. it's, well, it's pop art. No, 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 no. Have you ever with. seen his Frankenstein? Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Yeah, he well, he didn't make a Frankenstein. Yeah, he did. No, because Frankenstein's don't exist. Anyway, the Andy Warhol like four hour Frankenstein film. No. All right. Mm. So there's like a lot of weird psychedelic shit in that, but mm. basically this room. Imagine it's like it's it it's full of like draped down cloth, and there is a central point. So the draped down cloth like goes down. Each corner, so you've got a central like star shape with four points, right? And then at the end of the star shape is a black square that's like an undulating organ that makes like a bellowing noise, like a like that, like mm. it makes like a like almost like a like you'd hear in radiotherapy, you know, like when someone says you need to relax, it goes like that, but it's a much deeper like an undulating noise. And then those walls, right? Every so often, there's like a there's like a not like a pustule, but it has a rounded part, like a ribbing. So mm-hmm. you're looking down this star, and it's got these... these. It's so hard to explain. You don't need it, to explain it, because it's spoiling the film. But anyway, so the walls are coated with this gel, and when people go up there, or when animals go up there, or when anything organic goes up there, it gets melted and broken down. You're alive whilst it, it basically That's strips being, your flesh. Yeah, it's just being eaten. It's just basically like a massive gastrointestinal system mm. in one room. And that's the screaming that you hear. It's all these people that have been dragged up into it and it goes above Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kluwer's house when another character named Angel's in there as well. And they're all, like, Angel hides... Why are you just saying everything that happens in the film? I'm not. This is one scene for three minutes. It's a fucking incredible film. You've been talking about it for, like, 30. But all these these screams are happening and they're, like, literally just holding ears over their heads and then there's no music because it shuts off all electricity. There's just rain screaming for minutes. And it's a fucking incredible scene. Um, it's a really good film. Yeah. I reckon everybody should see it. the not put any music over the scene then? No, because it cuts off electricity. So yeah, all music's you're diegetic. You're watching a film. The... Yeah, all music's diegetic in this. Uh-huh. Oh, you look at you using the big filmmaking words. Diegetic. Thinking, do you know James Gunn didn't know what that word meant? Really? Until we did Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Um, there, there is... I'm trying to think, is there any non-diegetic noise? There's a bit of scoring at the end. A very small amount of scoring, but then for the most part, everything's diegetic. Like every single bit is a device in the film that's making not because that's sort of they use it like a way to hearken the aliens close or gone. So without showing you in the sky, 
they they have music playing. Like there's a fantastic scene where they bring in a cinematographer from the ad in the beginning. He becomes a character later on in the film because they're like, we need cameras that don't shut off when there's electricity, when there's no electricity going to them. And he reveals this this like hand cranked hand cranked camera that he is fixed an IMAX lens to that he's he's gonna put in this massive rig with these huge film cartridges and he's just gonna hand crank this thing to try and catch catch the alien on camera. Yeah. And it's when he reveals it. And it's like because you meet him after the commercial, they call him and they say, We've got something that's unfilmable or we we've been told it's unfilmable. And he's watching footage that's like black and white hand cranked footage of like animals in the wild. And it's like, it's weird stuff like a snake killing a rat that he's like just a floor level shot that he's like cutting together with like other weird images. Cause it's like, it's slightly hinted at that he's dying. So like he makes a reference to, um, to Big Supper. You know, the film where like the guy cooks a big meal for his friends when he's dying. I think Stanley Tucci's in it. I can't remember. So on VHS when I was like 11. He's got AIDS or cancer. Babette's Feast. Babette's Feast is a different thing. Oh, right. That's My the... Dinner with Andre. Wait, isn't Babette's Feast the one with the French... No, she's Jewish. She's cooking for the Nazis, right? Just makes a big dinner. Yeah. yeah is makes... it for the Nazis or is it for a village that's ostracised? I've never watched it. You've never watched it? No, why would I watch it? Have you never watched any it's of these not films? not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Phantom Fred? It. Have you seen Phantom Fred? No, I've seen... Um... Binging with Babish. I've seen Virus. Ah, he's seen Virus. Yeah. With Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. And Donald Sutherland. Yeah. And Cliff Curtis. Who I, I and I've seen... That's actually a really good film. I like Virus. I've seen... People don't like Virus. It's got Tay Diggs in it, doesn't it? Maybe. Does Tay Diggs... Tay Diggs is in Virus. I've seen... Um, what's a good one? Beastmaster. Have you seen Beastmaster 2? No. No. I've seen... Movies. <laughs> What's that one with um, David Hasselhoff that's like a knockoff of Star Wars? It was like a late 70s film. It was, no, it was It's not good. Sherman Augustus might be the one I'm thinking of. I thought it was Tay Diggs for some reason. I don't know, man. Uh, you're mixing up black people. You can't tell them apart. No, I genuinely Jeez, thought Tay man. Diggs was in Fucking it. Fucking hell, man. I just... Maybe it's Sherman Augustus. He doesn't look like Tay Diggs now, but maybe back in the day. Yeah, Cliff Curtis is in that, yeah. Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis. Well, the guy man. from... Um, from uh, Deep, Deep, Deep Rising. Who's the vegan police officer in... No! That is also Cliff Curtis, but it's about one F instead. Is it Clifton... Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so no, really fucking good. If you liked Get Out and you liked Us, then you're really going to like this. Um, even if you didn't like Us, I think that this is closer to Get Out. Um, I think that... Should you say nope to nope? They actually do the note thing in this. Oh. The, uh, Daniel Kaluuya actually does the note thing. They discover okay. there's, there's something to do with looking at does it. Does he go, it's, it's noping no, time? No. He's, he's trapped in his car. Star crash. He's trapped in his car because <laughs> the fucking power's gone out. At this point, they know the alien's like a thing that they have to avoid. So they're basically, he's like, he's, and he, he opens his door a crack and he looks up and, sorry, he realizes the alien's close because his radio goes off. And they realise the alien's above him because the rain stopped hitting his car. Oh. And he opens his door up a crack. And the camera doesn't shift to look at it. It stays within the cab of this truck the whole time. Just with Daniel Kaluuya. And he just, he literally, the camera doesn't move as he opens his door a little bit. And then just goes to look up the top of the window. 
And then he closes his door and just goes, nope. And the alien just stays there. And he's like, he's constantly like, he does it again. He just tries to look There's for There's an Akira like, bike slide in the There film. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good one. Yeah, I saw it in the trailer. They put it in one of the trailers. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Um, it's the, it fucking, like, the whole film's beautifully shot as well. Like, it's probably his best shot film. In terms of characters as well, some of the characters, there's like some bits in there that are really fucking... Is it better shot than um, the Gremlins to pitch me in? No, nothing's better shot than the Gremlins. <laughs> vegetable Gremlin? You just took two words, vegetable and Gremlin, put them together. You're a fucking psychopath. I love it. It's in the movie. You're saying Hulk Hogan, international <laughs> wrestling Hulk? superstar. He <laughs> breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> Uh, how about a how about a smart gremlin? <laughs> a gremlin that drinks a potion that makes his brain bigger and he talks like and you are dumb as fuck. You talking about a gremlin that drinks a potion that turns it into a bat when he leaves the lab? It leaves a Batman symbol. It's in the movie. <laughs> Classic oh, gremlins taste great. Kian Peele's amazing. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Jordan Peele's new note. It's uh, Tom Atkins. I loved it. I'm I'm going to see it again this weekend because I genuinely just fucking loved it. Um, You're not going to see Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I've got tickets booked for Tuesday. Oh. I might do. That's not the one I threw in the bin earlier, was it? You I found a ticket? a ticket that was was crumpled up. Next no, it was to a the... receipt. Receipt. That was the receipt for a ticket. No. Um, but yeah, um, I've got a ticket. I've got a ticket booked for Tuesday for that. I might go see. It. I might not. I've not heard great things, and everyone honest, seems to love it. It's, oh, really? Yeah. yeah Superhero arc Dragon was the Ball arc Z of Dragon Ball Z that I hated the most. It's going to be like all the Dragon Ball Z movies. The characters are going to meet each other in the first twenty minutes, yeah. and then they're going to stand around and fight for an hour, and then it'll be over. Go, Gohan's not even going to become Saiyan Man again, is he? Yeah. Um, I'm probably not going to bother, but I booked a ticket anyway, just in case, because it was getting busy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, really fucking good. Not as violent as us, um, but um, still just as good and mysterious, mysterious as, as Get Out was. Um, and I like the slow build. Daniel um, Kalua is uh, is fucking phenomenal in it. He has such a weird... In this, he has a cap that doesn't seem to fit his head. And it was so weird to see... Because it's just like, he, he puts it forward, so it basically like covers... Because the they were going to have a bigger-headed actor originally. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, so it, it like sort of covers the front of his front of his eyes, like that. And it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with his character, who's like constantly like sort of like looking down, trying not to make eye contact, and is like quite quiet and reserved. Mm. Versus like Kiki Palmer, who's like literally just always out there and making noise, like doing a lot of stuff and like being quite active. Um, it's good to see those two characters because the characters through the film, it begins off that Daniel Kaluuya seems so passive. That he's just like going along with it and Kiki Palmer's like the driving force. And then when that switches and and they name it, so they name the thing in the sky Jean Jacket. I don't really know what that's a reference to, but all the horses have names. And he goes, what are we going to, what, what, what are we going to call it? The alien? He goes, it's name's Jean Jacket. Because he's basically like treating it like an animal at that point. He's treating it like something that can be trained. Or at least has those set rules of it has territory, it's hunting, it doesn't like this, it doesn't like that. Um, Why doesn't so- Randy um, Quaid uh, fly a plane yeah. straight into it? I'm back, he says. Oh, God, such a cunt, that guy. He's gone mad. Has he? Yeah. Oh, I never knew. <laughs> He's definitely not coming back for no. Christmas Vacation free, is he? Well, you're not dead yet. I hope so. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, all right, anyway, that's my review of Nope. I'm giving it to Tom Atkins. I fucking loved it. That's the end of episode 192. You can find Anne at Wild Wars Hat on Twitter. You can also find him at Mellow Gaming. 
on YouTube and LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. I put the headmaster on Master. Yeah, I can see that, mate. I can see That's that. a 180 quid figure. I've just chucked a yeah, a little plastic look at that. Look head. At that. I mean, isn't that? It undermines it. That's the comedy of it. Because this is an expensive figure, and I've undermined it with a childish, yeah. cartoony yeah, head. Absolutely. Good um, job. It's good art. It's good art. Good job. Um, I have to start a Twitter account. Where I try and see what <laughs> figures. That fucking headmaster fits on. I did tweet the picture out. That's probably already started. It's probably already started somewhere. Yeah. Um, you can find us here in two weeks. Oh, you can find me at Crit Apocalypse everywhere. You can find me again in two weeks. You can find out again in two weeks. You'll probably do something in the meantime when you aren't. No, you I'm doing nothing. Point. I'm just going to sit down and stare at the wall for two weeks. Oh, cool. Yeah. Shut it down. Yep. It's just the season. You got anything coming up that you're looking forward to? Anything coming out? Anything people uh, might need to watch before the next episode? Death. I mean, eventually it comes for us all. Um, what's Glorious that new film with J.K. Simmons where it's all set in a toilet stool in a glory hole oh. it's on Shudder this week um, I'm going to w- try and rewatch. watch Danny DeVito in that no J.K. Simmons plays the voice in the glory hole oh. um, I'm going to try and watch every Child's Play film before the new episode because oh. that new for the new episode for the next episode of this podcast oh yeah because there's a new series starting second season starts oh, in I saw October. the first series in HMV the other day oh is it it's really good yeah. you didn't watch it did you that can't be asked oh didn't watch those last two what's, films either what's quite funny is that I, don't think I, I think I barely watched Seed of Chucky cause Seed of Chucky's awful. bad yeah. yeah once you get back to Five of Chucky's awesome though because um, what's her face Jennifer Tilly yeah I like her she's in Seed of Chucky as well yeah she's also in Curse of Chucky yeah. and she's in the other one after that because it's Curse she of Chucky. Turn, she's in the series as well. Yeah, she's in the series as well. Yeah, I like Jennifer Tilly. She, uh, what's the name of the guy that's in that? That The one who was Casper when he was alive. I follow him on. He was in The Fanatic. What's his name? What's his name? Idle Hands. Oh, what, Penub? No, not Penub. The uh, the main guy from Idle Hands. Devin Sawa. There you go. Devin Sawa is in that series. Is he? Yeah, he plays two characters. Oh. And then he's in, the, he's in the new series coming up and plays a third character as well. Oh, good for him. Devin Tower, he's really good in a film called The Hunter. I think it's The Hunter or something along those lines. But he's in a film with... Um, the guy who went mad. He was in Terminator 3. Nick Stoll. Did he get mad? Yeah, Nick Stoll went nuts and disappeared for like months on end. Oh. I think maybe even been years. Like after Carnival. I remember Carnival? was in rehab. Yeah. You remember Carnival? Yeah. He was in Fear the Walking Dead as well with Nick Stoll recently. Was he? Yeah, he had oh, his own little... And no, like side he's, series, he's good. I like Nick Stoll. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, that yellow bastard in Sin City. Wasn't he, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he had a really good short. In uh, he had like a dedicated Walking Dead short series that was on the yeah. website. Yeah. It was like five minute thing, but they were, it was set on a submarine just as the initial outbreak happened, and they had someone die from an accident, and then it sort of kicked off within the submarine. It's really cool because they didn't have guns. What's or that anything. third Walking Dead show, Tales from the Walking Dead with Terry Crews. Nah, it's not called that. Oh, uh, World Beyond? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that only had two seasons. That was always intended so to just have two seasons. Already. No, it just had, it was just a complete story arc they had in mind. Yeah, right. No, no, it was. Like they said before it was in release, they said it's just going to be two seasons. Yeah, right. Because it's set like 20 years after The Walking Dead. It has Janus in it, you know, from the people that lived in the scrapyard. Oh, I like Janus, her. yeah. She was in it. Yeah, it's um, Pollyanna McIntosh. That's it. The one from yeah. The Woman. Yeah. Yeah. I like her. She's good. All right, that's the end of this episode. Uh, Fuck you. What? Boris Johnson is currently in Greece, bobbing along in waters that can actually think, swam in. Yeah, do you think they've got shit floating in them? No, they don't, except for Boris Johnson. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you know, you, I found a thing online, um, how you can find out your twat name. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Take your first name yeah. and change it to Boris. 
right. And then take your surname and change it to Johnson. Not De Feffel? No. Boris... His name is Boris De Feffel Johnson. De Feffel. Is, isn't it like De Feffel? It's, it's De Feffel. I'm pretty sure it's... Probably it's something De... stupid. No, it's it's Boris something De Feffel Johnson. Sixtus. Sixtus is such a dumb fucking name. Uh, one sec. Boris Johnson. Uh. Full name. Alexander Boris De Feffel Johnson. De Feffel. De Feffel. It's the French spelling says so D. Yeah. E, and then it's P F E F F E L. Boris. It's Alexander Boris De Feffel Johnson. Do you believe there's no cats in America? Yeah. De Feffel. <laughs> does his middle name go fucking west, does it, Anne? Mm. Was it an allegory for uh, for Jewish people treatment in the uh, World War? Not following World War Two. There's a really good video by Dan Olson where he talks a bit at length about the thematics and storytelling of um, uh, oh, an yeah, American tale. Yeah. And then just like 20 minutes into the video, he's like, anyway, in 2004, <laughs> they released a PlayStation 2 game based on Five American Tale. This is amazing. Did you, did you watch his thing in search of a flat earth? Yeah. The two hour long thing. Flat was- earthers hate that. Really? Yeah, they're not. They're, they're trying to. They, they attacked like crazy. Really? They really didn't like it one bit. Oh. But they, the thing is, they've tried arguing against him, but it's so concise that yeah. they, it's a mess for them. I they can't do anything. I don't understand how anyone believes the Earth is flat. It's mm. fucking stupid. Anyway, you're done now. Yeah, I'm but, done, mate. I'm but done. I need to have my dinner. I need to yeah, go eat some food and shut the fuck up. Oh. Have you got much food? Do you need food? I've got some bits. I've got some chips and I've got some veggie things and I've got a crisp? really, really cheap pizza. Do you want the rest of the No, crisp? you eat the rest of because you've had your hands in it and you've got monkeypox. I mean, I've got AIDS, but not monkeypox. Yeah. But, I mean, because of the AIDS, I'm slightly more likely you, to you, get Are you trying to make a link between AIDS and monkeypox here? Yeah, straight people can get it too. Don't be so fucking bigoted, Ant. This is 2022. I can fuck a guy and not be gay. But I got news for you. <laughs> You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> I still like the episode of Atlanta where um, where um, Thingy gets stuck um, de- uh, thingy. in a guy's ass. No, he gets oh. he gets stuck in a in a processing unit that's the male processing unit. And some guy goes up. He sees someone that he used to sleep with, and he's like, "He's like, girl, what are you doing in here? What have you been arrested for?" And, and he's really hitting on her, like talking about how they used to like hook up with this other stuff. And and. Uh, in between them is poor fucking um, Donald Glover just sat whilst they're flirting. And midway through them flirting, this massive dude in the front row goes, goes, that's a guy. And the guy goes, I ain't no fucking guy. I used to sleep with this chick. And he goes, she's in the mail processing site. And the guy goes, I ain't fucking gay. And he turns towards Donald Glover and starts going, I ain't fucking gay. And Donald Glover just goes, Yo, um, you know, gender is a spectrum nowadays, so you can really... And I ain't fucking getting like that! And Donald Glover is just trying to slink down and disappear. It's so fucking good. It's a really good series. People do not like Atlanta. People say that it's, like, woke, but it's just very, very good. There's a whole episode... Woke track. Go there's woke, like, go There's, like, three broke. episodes set in Amsterdam, and it's just, like, just like one of them tripping, another one... They've got like this whole cancellation thing and Liam Neeson has a cameo in it. Well, he gets cancelled. Liam, no, Liam Neeson, gets Neeson cancelled. they go to a bar that's where people go when they've been cancelled. So like celebrities go when they've oh. been cancelled. And Liam Neeson's there and he goes, he goes, 
I said something about a black guy. And it's oh, actually yes. Liam yeah, Neeson yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about it. Yeah, because he did. He yeah. wanted to kill it's a It's Liam Neeson actually talking about and yeah. saying, like, he didn't mean it and, like, he apologises for it. And it's like, it's really weird that Liam Neeson didn't go on an apology tour at the time of saying it. Instead, he chooses to do it during Atlanta season three. No, he's trying to get into comedy. Is he? No, don't you remember the episode of Extras where he turns up in Vicky Gervais' office? Oh, he was also in every... And he's like, I want to do comedy. He's in every Seth MacFarlane I've written a sketch. He's literally in every Seth MacFarlane The best mates. He's in Orville. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Atlanta season three is really good as well. I don't know if I reviewed it before, but if people were into it, then... (laughs) Unless you listen to people on the internet that tell you what to watch, because... That's what I'm doing. That's what we're just the, po- the podcast. That yeah, I know, but we don't do it in a way we're where we're reviewing... like, we don't do it in a way where we're like, don't watch this, it's woke. You I haven't seen it personally. Like, you were just talking about everyone should go see Nope. 